So, um, Allie, what are you most thankful for? In this year, the Cubs. The Cubs winning the World Series. Me? Me, I'm, I'm, I'm just most thankful you, you didn't leave me after our aborted attempt to do a Cannonball Run episode. Oh, man. That was a nightmare. But now, we're back! Da-da-da-da-da! Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And we're back! Hooray! Yay! Yeah, sorry about the... We kind of extended our August hiatus for... Three months, yeah, or, longer than or, or more. Um, part of it's your fault. Part of it is my fault because <laughs> when we when we came back when we when we started to get back together. Oh, thank you, Sparky. Sparky's still here. Yeah, welcome um, to special guest Sparky. <laughs> yeah, uh, part of a uh, part of the time uh, reason our hiatus when we came back it was going to be my turn and I I picked Cannonball Run thinking that'd be a fun terrible eighties like you know conceptual r- ridiculousness thing to show Allie you know <laughs> you know but. I'd forgotten that, like, we didn't, there really wasn't anything to say about no. that. It, like, it, it was just, it's a terrible movie, and it's got a lot of racism and awful stuff, but, you know, like Revenge of the Nerds, we had more to say about Revenge of the Nerds, because, you know, ultimately, it's like a bunch of vignettes, and, it, like, like, there's not, it's not cohesive. No, it's so, not. So, like, yeah, and, we, and I it's kind of like, like, it's kind of like, we're probably never going to do Airplane 2, the sequel, for that reason, because yeah. it's just, there's no, or top secret, like, there's just, like, it's just a bunch of gags. But kind I feel of chained like, together. I feel the, like maybe what we might do is just sort of like a fun, like, I don't know, bonus is maybe we'll actually do that episode and then like do it as like a special. Uh, a, a special, some, like what? Release yeah. it, release it uh, like on a secret server. Yeah. Like, you yeah. got to go to the dark internet to find well, it. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get a tour server and get the onion thing or whatever. Yeah. You know? and, like you can hear our. I don't know what I don't know what content we'd have on that episode. I like, don't... and if you play it backwards, you could actually unlock all the codes for oh. the military. Oh wow! So it's like war games or something. Yeah, exactly. It's our war games episode. It's a war games but it's episode. actually about Cannonball uh, with Cannonball Run. Uh, the, I guess the only thing I was going to talk about during the, the the episode, and I can't remember if it was can, it was either Cannonball Run two or Smokey and the Bandit three, both of which I saw in the theater. Okay. Um, but uh, whichever, I can't remember which one was out at the same time as that, but whichever one that was, I actually chose to watch that instead of Gremlins when a, me and my, me and a bunch of my friends were going to the movie theater when I was a kid because I really wanted to see one of those two. Wow, it's just sadness for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it's, and you sit it's, here on the many deep I'd regrets say I was of your... a, I'd say I was a huge Burt Reynolds fan as a kid, but Smokey and the Bandit 3 did not have Burt Reynolds in it like, except in a cameo. So in, of all the, like, biggest regrets of your life, that definitely tops the, That's like, pretty high. I mean, I saw Gremlins, like, a month later. Right. I, like, within a month, I saw but it. you could I have did, seen I saw it a Gremlins. month earlier. Yeah, I saw Gremlins in the theater, so it was still in the theater. But you could have seen it a month earlier. I know, I could, I, I, I know, it was stupid. It was, it was, I was dumb. I was seven. Yeah. Or eight. Seven yeah. or eight. Somewhere in there. Probably, I don't know, probably seven. I, I feel like I have to judge you harsher in the world now. Yeah, okay. Like, let's not even go into music <laughs> taste or anything like that if you're going to start judging me. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I know which it... of the songs in the soundtrack you were most likely to have owned, and it wasn't X's Wild oh Thing. Oh my God! Right? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into this. Ep. Uh, so do your. These are yeah. the things you need to know. 
Uh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, the big the big thing I can think of is Major League. Uh, it's it was uh, I believe it was written and directed. Yeah, yeah, it was written and directed by David S. Ward. And mm-hmm. Ward, his other main screenwriting claim to fame was he he wrote the screenplay to uh, the uh, what is it? Oh shoot, I just forgot the name of the movie. The um, the Sting, you know, the the Redford. Uh, I think Newman might be in it too, but. It, I remember that being a good movie, but I haven't seen it in a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, that's one I've never seen. I don't know what year yeah, it was. It's, it's not from the eighties. The sting two, right? the sting two, I think it's the early seventies. Yeah. The sting two was from the eighties. Mm. <laughs> so if you, if you really want to watch the sting two, which I've never seen, I know there were ads for it on HBO when I was a kid. No. Yeah. I would, no, that's a, that's a wise move. So Ward, basically he, 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 his career had hit hit a slump until the Ugh. late eighties. And he, I think he wrote the screenplay for the Malavro Beanfield war, okay. but like Redford was in some way, it was instrumental in getting him kind of back in like the good graces of Hollywood. Like, cause like, I think everything he did for a long time is kind of Westerns and, Basically, Hollywood after after the Heaven's Gate failure, there was kind of an unofficial blacklist of westerns in Hollywood for a while. You know, like they just like so for like most of the early '80s, he, he didn't really have much of a career. Uh, so then he did this movie, which was an unexpected an unexpected hit, or maybe it was expected. I don't know what what, what they the thought. Yeah, like, but like this movie was a bigger hit, I think, than they were bargaining for. And he followed up that success and really solidified his career with uh, King Ralph and Major League Two. Mm. So, um, question: Do we do we normally elevator pitch before we go into the whole? Spiel? Uh, yeah. Why, why don't Why don't we elevator pitch? Yeah, I think that's when we do it. It's been a while since we're a little rusty. So, uh, Ali, Ali, do, sure. you, do you have a, an elevator pitch? Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, um, a baseball team. Okay. A baseball that, baseball movies make money. Okay, <laughs> but I let, let I need more than that. A baseball team that is trying to break a curse. Mm hmm. Finally, long long drought. Baseball long drought. Team. Long, 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 long drought. drought. Cur- cursed, just not 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 winning games. Finally, does. Yeah, that seems highly unlikely. I know. Uh, like right? like no one's gonna believe that would happen. You know. Um, and then we, and then we jump to the future mm-hmm. when it's actually displayed in a hologram. Oh wait, I'm actually no 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 the Cubs. You, no shit. Yeah, but but they they beat the uh, well. You know what? Before we get into this. <laughs> Before we get into my weird meta theory, <laughs> um, give us your, your, your elevator pitch. My elevator pitch. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Bad news bears reboot, but they're older. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a you know. Pretty good. Except we don't have a Walter Matthau. Yeah, you do. Look at the manager. He's basically it's not really Walter he's, Matthau. He's a poor man's Walter Matthau with a Nietzsche mustache. I mean, he's gravelly instead of... He doesn't talk like a first-season Homer Simpson. Yeah, but he doesn't have to, like, go and, like, recruit the, you know, the unlikely one. And the alcoholic is actually Bob Euchre's character. That's not, true, man. <laughs> not, um... So, yeah, um... Anyway, Major League is yeah. a movie that, like... Major League, first of all, let, 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 let's talk a little bit about what we're doing back here. Oh, first. Yeah. first of all, um... I don't know if y'all know this, but a lot of things have happened since the last Christ. time we, uh, were talking. Yeah. Uh, right now, not, let's not, just, a lot of, not a lot of great things. Let's just we talk thought, about it. it's, it's well, November we were, of uh, of 2016. For those of you who are jumping in now, listening from the future, future yeah, uh, um, you know, like, and I, you know, I don't know what you're hearing this on because civilization has probably collapsed by. Yeah, it's actually know, by, Thanksgiving of 2016. Yeah, we're releasing this. We're, it, we're recording this day before Thanksgiving for a Thanksgiving Day release. Yes. This is sort of our. Hey, if you're having an awkward time with your family, 
uh, come listen to a podcast for a while. Yeah, we and if you don't, we're know not going to talk politics. What I mean, happened, you know what? You know what? Probably we think. go and look in your history books or on the interwebs if it still uh, exists. You know, uh, and if you still live in a free world. Um, <laughs> I said we weren't going to talk about politics. You know, but uh, but you know, so we're going to go back to uh, like kind of overshadowed in the unlikely in in the as unlikely as a uh, you know right wing takeover of the United States. Uh, you know, na- white nationalist party uh, mm-hmm. thing is uh, that the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Now, unfortunately, like as against the Cleveland Indians, and you know, this is. I guess it's an olive branch to Cleveland I mean, fans. I mean, um, Because, um, well, for one, you know, let's be honest. The, the only Cubs win the World Series movie I can think of is Rookie of the Year, yeah. which is from the 90s. And let's be honest, I think Major League's a better movie. Um, I, although it's been a long time since I've seen, uh, you know, Rookie of the Year. I mean, Amy Morton was in Rookie, Rookie of the Year. Oh, well, I, that, Personally, I, I have a thing. So, like, that's a good I'm thing. sorry, but uh, I think Amy Morton is clearly outranked by... Bob Euchre. I mean, <laughs> you have Bob Euchre, then you. <laughs> but you got Amy Morton. I don't even remember who Amy Morton is. Oh, fail! Fail! Fail on your part. Whatever, Mr. You Chicago. You didn't even. You didn't even know Willie, who Willie Mays Hayes was until Willie today. Mays Hayes. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, this is um, basically like there's a lot of good baseball movies that came out yes. in the in the in the eighties. Which eight, we've seen eight, a lot. Eight of. men out. Um, all right, I admit some of the luster has fallen off of uh, you know Field of Dreams with time, but it's still like it's still. A good I love movie. Field of Dreams. Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Oh, excellent movie. Yes, excellent excellent movie. movie. You know um, the uh, the the natural. The natural, which we, I have not seen. Yes, and that, that may be a future and watch. We although although we, we did not do as well with purely dramatic movies that are we pretty didn't, good. We yeah. didn't we didn't look this up, but I have this like epic feel that Stealing Home is a movie uh, with. Jodie Foster and I yeah, don't know. Look that up I don't know if it's an that. '80s movie, but I feel like it's late '80s if it is, and so that's one in the yeah. world. So anyway, but but Major League is the it's the Cleveland Indians' chance, at least fictitiously, to have a great season. Even if even if the movie kind of ends before we learn if they really yeah won they won the all, division. You know, but... and I guess you know. So uh, yeah, that's when I found out when we decided to do Major League. It was really because we were looking for a movie that would fit into the '80s. Duh. Um, we had both agreed that baseball movies made us feel because we were talking about what it was about 2016 that was, you know, good. Because if you look at the beginning of the year, like I literally am thinking of you getting the text from Kevin about Bowie. Yeah, the beginning of like this that year. was yeah, that was like that, that was started our like year. January what 11th? Yeah, was it? it was yeah. so early in the year, and like that just started. You know, the year. and then we lost and, we lost Prince. I mean, we lost you know we like, lost we're so not many go people. Through the whole but, yeah, yeah, it, it's nastiness hard. that is the 2016. But when we won, Tommy the Peanut Man. When we won the the World Series, Charleston shout out. <laughs> when we won the World Series, it was like. There was this. We did, we didn't actually. No, win. we won. I, I, you know, I actually was cut from the team at spring training. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't re- I recall like, you. I don't recall I you. you were you a bullpen? Pitcher? I gotta tell you something. I take that win as like a win for our world. I really do. I, I mean, just, I feel like we won, all yeah. won. Well. Except the all the people who absolutely, was, I don't except care. all the people who hate the Cubs the or, 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 or like Cleveland. It was a beautiful thing. It was a big. It was just. It a was actually game. a really stressful nightmare uh, final game. Yes, and, but then uh, they won for both sides. Yes, they, and then the Cubs won. Okay, and so let me good. finish what I was saying. So because of that, we both agreed that with the light of what's going on and things are so stressful right now in the world, and so many bad things happened in 2016, that bright light was something that we wanted to, you know, 
you know, shine a nice spotlight on. So we were looking for a good movie. And when he mentioned Major League, I'm like, yeah, you know, that's one I've never seen. And he's like, what? I think you actually said that. I think I, would... I, that was a while ago. That, that was on our list for a while yeah, it was. Uh, of potential but then movies. You forgot we never, about yeah, it. I kind of forgot. And then we were going through Amazon Prime and the movie showed up. So yeah, we were like, what? So, so anyway, we, so, we, we. But but here's my what moment is that I didn't know anything about the movie except that Charlie Sheen was in it. Literally, that's all I knew. <laughs> and But here's the thing I did not know that it was a game of the Indians being the team you follow. And when he told me that today, before we put the movie on, here was my ex- my re- reaction. What? And I said... I was hoping for a twist where your reaction was, I know, dummy, but no, no it was... And then, and then, but the thing was, I know, I'm not funny. And so that. I says to Mabel, I says... So I says to Mabel, I says, um, I, actually, I actually got a little teary-eyed because I thought to myself, you know, I'm a nice person. And as much as I definitely think that, you know, the Cubs needed to win, it was the Cubs time, they were, you know, whatever. There was still a piece of me that was like, hey, you know, this other team... They also have had a curse that they haven't been able to. You, you know, know, technically, I don't think anyone ever talks about the Indians. Doesn't being cursed. matter, but they've been had a long drought, and it. They are, it is a drought, and, and, they, and, and, and Cleveland and sports in general. No don't matter do well. who would have won, somebody's drought would have ended. You know, and so that was like a feeling I had, and also I'm sorry, but they live in Cleveland. Can we just have a? We live in Chicago, so like I felt for this, you know, a little bit for the team, right? So well, you know, when I found I, out I've about heard, this, I've heard that. T- for a lot of people, Cleveland is a fairly livable city of sorts. You just keep talking. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, there's people who like Cleveland. There's like one person who likes. No, Cleveland. I mean people. People like. I mean, Cleveland. like, I've actually heard that Cleveland's actually a pretty cool place as long as you as yeah, long as Drew, you accept Drew, the, the, Drew, the. Drew Carey likes Cleveland. Yeah, but that's not Cleveland's fault. Yeah. So, in the end, my feeling was this was the perfect movie, the perfect movie to show to do on Thanksgiving to do was like a. Like you said, an olive branch to our team that we beat, but you know, also played a really good series. So, so were you were you at second base then? <laughs> you know what? You keep talking that way. I'm gonna be Dorn's wife pretty soon. <laughs> oh. 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 Oh, you're gonna have to get married to, to Corbin oh. Burnson. Oh. Yeah. oh. Yes, that's the part I'm talking about. Yeah. That is the part I'm talking about. You're gonna have to sleep with Charlie Sheen. There we go. You're not, not trading up anymore. I think Corbin Burns is a trade up Charlie now. Charlie Sheen now. <laughs> All right. So 89 Charlie Sheen. Okay. 89 Charlie Sheen. Not a problem. I see it. Yeah. All right. I so moving on. That. So so let's talk about who's in the movie and whatever else goes on. Okay. okay. So that was um, our long intro, but I mean, I guess you I mean, we get can kind of get to the cast as we go. Sure. Through, okay. Probably. Let's do it. Okay. So, like, so basically, the movie opens with like Cleveland. a bunch of footage, and I got to tell you, what's funny is I think everyone. Has probably seen the the like hastily assembled oh God, uh, like, Cleveland tourism video that was was you know was around years ago. It's been around forever, um, but um, a lot of the stuff on there looked like the same footage. I agree. From that I was video. thinking this. I wonder if like they the statue of, of no, they didn't. They didn't. It, but it just but it was like the statues of Moses Cleveland and like look at both of our buildings and yeah. all like it, it really it did. Right on. There was a, really a lot of the the Cleveland stuff in there and there. And meanwhile, they're playing this. Uh, and, and what's funny is we both said, "Is this fucking Randy Newman?" And it was. It, it was, was Randy, Randy a, Newman. Yeah, it was a Raymond, uh, You know, like t- it, it was. Uh, you know, talking about the Cuyahoga River being like burning. You know, it had that traditional Randy Newman. Like before, he did happy songs about toys. He was mostly known for really trenchant, like yeah. sarcastic black humor songs. Cool. So you know, it's basically a song about the burning river in, in Cuyahoga. The and Cuyahoga it's also river very burning. much like this is what's going on right now in front of us. He sort of like speaks in the yeah yeah. 
And it takes a long look around. Oh, no, no let, let's not make this family guy jokes. No. It's Cleveland. It's not very nice here. Yeah, the river's on fire and everything's <laughs> terrible. My, my Randy Newman's gradually becoming Tom Waits. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, so, yeah, it's like, you know, like basically um, I can't. Like they, they, they end up like they talk they, they do a lot of the lore of the Cleveland like failures you know they right. show they show like Cleveland losing the World Series in 1954 yes I think it was 54, I, think it was 54. I, I I can never remember if it's 54 or 56 I'm always, I always say the wrong one yeah. and then like they go they start showing like a few they they jump ahead a few years for Cleveland failing to get the pennant Cleveland going into fourth place it's a nice Cleveland's seventh straight losing newspapers. season yeah. you know like it, it's basically showing Cleveland as the joke. And I can't remember if the I'm sure Cleveland's '89 stadium has been torn down for something new, like you know, because sure. very few stadiums from the late '80s are still around, uh, other than the ones that were landmarks. No, really, the only the only ones that are still around are like the landmark stadiums. Mm. You know, the one, you know, like the ones that like like Wrigley and Fenway that were already really old. Most of the most of the people who bu- who built stadiums in the mid century, that stuff was getting torn down. Right. Uh, you know, throughout the late '80s, early '90s. So I, pr- I, I, I would do the research, but I'm friggin' lazy, but I'm pretty sure that's Cleveland's old stadium from before. You know, and, and, and I have to say uh, one thing is, and this is where, okay, we've been saying some nice things about Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, tone it down with the racist logo. Oh, my God. It's so bad, you guys. Uh, like, that's, that's the thing that runs throughout this movie. And, uh, you know, <sighs> at, like, that's, there are heroes, and i got to think of them as the underdog heroes throughout. But it is, like, the number of, like, Native American, like, Appropriation, I mean, I have like that, that's so, I, that's not singled out as weird. I know no. it's 1989, so like people did, but it's just like it's. Kind I, wrote, of this, I wrote a few of them down. I oh, I've written it down throughout the movie. Yeah, I had a stop after like, a while. Like, it, it's, it's just it's upsetting. You know, it, it's basically so. Basically, we what we do what we see though is yeah, like barring the horrible racism we're seeing, we start seeing like shots of all around Cleveland of people what like looking at like the team, you know, and it's. I mean the basic the basic. Well, premise. well, first of all, we meet the we meet the owner. Yeah. The Cleveland's like this year, the Cleveland's old owner has died. Yep. Leaving and the team. Leaving to... the team to his wife, who was a showgirl that he hired. Not hired. <laughs> not a showgirl, probably like, in a way. He married he her. But you like, know she's not, an ex. She's an ex showgirl, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slut shame no, her for being a show like this movie her. does. Oh my god. Um, you know, we'll like get to that. You know, we'll get to that. You know, um, I have mostly positive things to say about this movie, but they're they're the, the, the two the, major the, things. Yeah, we've already the, the two major problems. You know, but the thing is, the real problem with her is not that she's an ex showgirl; it's that she doesn't. She owns this team she doesn't care about, right? And she wants to move it to Florida. Yep, to Miami. To Miami. You know, because in the '80s we were obsessed with the idea of Miami becoming an American League baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know, we we you know it. So anyway. Um, so she's basically talking about how they, you know, like she has a list of like she tells the board these are the list of the players I want to invite to spring training, and they're like, you know, really? Yeah. Because like mo- it's like most, most of these people are, are people I've like, never heard of, or or they're like, are they're old, or they're really old, washed up players, and in one of the cases, one of them is dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so she's like, well, you know, just well, just mark him off the list. Yeah. You know, so so it's like basically this like murderers row of losers is being invited to spring training and everyone's looking at the people being invited and you know you see like going around Cleveland you hear people basically say and they suck they fucking suck you know and this is a this is definitely an R rated a PG-13 probably actually I um 
You can look it up. Yeah, I don't even remember. I have um, no idea. It doesn't say like. There's a lot of there's a lot of foul language yeah. in the there's movie. Some, there's some there's some male ass nudity. Yeah. There's yeah, no there's that's no it. there's no female nudity. No female nudity. There's, there's like there's lascivious male gaze yeah. <laughs> throughout the movie, but there's yes. no female nudity no. in the actual movie. Uh, you know, you get to see Corbin Burnson's ass double. Um, I assume it's his ass double. Yeah. I, I just feel like Corbin Burnson wouldn't wouldn't cotton to showing his ass on the movie. Probably not. Um, so yeah, everyone's saying they suck. You see, like the you know the hilarious uh, Japanese groundskeepers being translated while they talk to their shitty. You know, I will say this: they're Japanese and they're groundskeepers, but they don't they don't, they never do anything but talk in Japanese. That's so true. they're not they're not particularly racist. Right. They just do a for the for the eighties, their depiction of Asians is pretty really, not bad. You know, like I mean, they're just there and they're just working the grounds crew, right. and that's the only ones you really see. But you know, at least it's not overtly racist. Right. right. They just you know, and one and, and also one of the construction workers that says they suck. Um, about halfway through the movie, I realized he's the janitor from Scrubs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I guess like he must have. I think at the time he so, was a, a, an improv actor. So let's jump ahead and just like get. Get us to Frank yeah. training where we okay. meet. Yeah. All oh wait, the wait, wait. Well, let me actually real quick. Oh, okay. uh, so anyway, the, the, it's clear, and we'll, we'll go ahead and say it now because she doesn't say it till later. But I think anyone with a brain realizes her plan here is she's trying to pull like an Art Modell did with the Cleveland Browns right. and move the team. Right. And the way and the, the way she's doing it is she's making the team suck so bad the attendance gets low enough that she can justify leaving. Right. Because their their major league uh, lease or whatever like. The, the, they have a lease with the city and whatever, and their con- but their their contract says if the if the you know the, if the annual attendance goes below eight hundred thousand, then they then she's going to they, she can move the team right and and she has offers in Miami for a an amazing uh, new stadium that will like you know like have sixty two thousand capacity and all these like like boxes and everything which is really funny because we live in the future. Where Miami has a baseball team, yeah, and sweet. even when they're like basically the like World Series champions, they barely they they can barely fill their ballpark. <laughs> like like the idea that like Miami, I don't know how Miami supports like any Florida team really gets supported because they're, they're they I mean I I'm not gonna down if you're a fan of, of Florida baseball and you're an actual rabid fan that's great, but time and again neither the Rays nor the nor the Marlins can actually fill a stadium. So I want to I want to I want to interrupt the 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 flow of the show mm-hmm. here for one second and just say something about um, Margaret Witten who plays this character the the uh, Rachel yes. Phelps. You were so obsessed with her from the moment you saw her. You're like I know her. No, but <laughs> not know her. The person. reason that I really well, <laughs> or do just, you? No, or do you? No, I, let's just have a moment here. I I mean she's the she's the lead in nine and a half weeks, but that's not even the point. Mm. Like, yes. So, okay, I watched that movie when I was yes, know, quite, most did the yeah yes, I didn't pay attention to her face. N- nobody did, but my point <laughs> is this: um, yeah, you paid attention to the banana, I, like everybody did. Yeah, that, so, yeah, anyway, well, yeah, nine and a half weeks. We didn't, right? Yeah. So, um, but my point is that is an eighties movie. No, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We're not I, doing. I don't nine even know movies. how we would do that. Like that. Ah, uh, we be, wouldn't really. It's like it'd be, it's it's practically a porno. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know? that's the point. So anyway, but the, my point about her is that I think it's really fucking great cast casting for her and here is why i can believe that she was a showgirl though her body she's got a yeah. phenomenal body she's got she looks like she's poised and she's got that movement like having she's not tall enough though but she looks tall enough i'm just saying like uh, like showgirls are, are she's like, got a very, like literally like six feet tall she's got a very long torso yeah. and she's got long legs so even if she's you know yeah, five no. eight she still looks tall right so but my point is that they do a very good job of casting with her, but she also, you, I believe that she actually could be a fucking baller 
you know, owner of this team. Like she actually has business savvy. The fact that she went and found these guys, I don't know. There's well, something. It's sort of a negative business savvy. It doesn't but, yeah. matter. It's it an evil business savvy. I still savvy, believe but, yeah. her though. Right, yeah. You could have put somebody in this role mm. and I could have been like, the fuck? I don't want yeah, to believe I, that. I, by the way, I, I, have an, I have an observation, by the way, that now that, now that I, you, you've told me she's the, the woman for nine and a yeah. half weeks, you know, like, you know, like there's a weird connection then because you know she's in this movie with Charlie Sheen, mm-hmm. and Charlie Sheen was in Hot Shots, mm-hmm. where they did. I think it was the first one. Might be in Hot Shots Part Two, but I think it's in the first one. They do a parody of the Nine and a Half Week sex scene. Oh, they do. He That's with right. Valeria Galano or whatever her name was, where it's like yeah. he's like frying eggs on her stomach and That's everything. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it, it's like you know, like they do like the food sex parody. Yes, yes. Like so, like so. There's a yeah, you know, like it's a two degrees of separation sort of thing, but you know. Like. So so anyway, I was very impressed with that because I because because when we move forward, I am less impressed with choices of casting. Yeah. Um, female wise, so we'll yeah. get to that in a minute. Yeah. But my um, point is, and, and you should also be less impressed with her character on the whole. Well, I am, but <laughs> and the way I, they treat but, her. But okay, but like looking at it from the world that I live in, which is like you know from as an actor and you know, mm-hmm. casting and you know in that side of it, I was like that was damn good. No. Like, She's, she's definitely good she's good, she's good for the you role. believe that she's she's a fucking evil you know person but you also can are like well shit man she can pull this shit off like she really has that she looks like somebody who who had nothing got a lot and is right. like I'm gonna fucking lose it and right. I actually have a lot more brain than <laughs> and I'm sick and I'm sick of living in Cleveland yeah I no, want to live in Miami she, she because does of, because it's the 80s and everyone wanted mm-hmm. to live in Miami anyway. in the 80s apparently so I just had to bring that up even also, though they all live in the so Chicago when they get suburbs to, so when they get to spring training they do this like montage where everybody is getting out of their yeah. cars which is kind of funny and I just have to point this out my god these 40 year old baseball players well you know uh, yeah for, for what you know what's funny at the time if you look at baseball players at the time they all look like shitty they and out of shape really people do. didn't do like the weightlifting endurance no, training regimen like, like it ridiculous. was actually it was actually a thing like in baseball where you like they thought you were a better player if you were more limber and more more well, muscular because that was, you know why because that was babe ruth you know he didn't no no babe ruth is a fatty these were lo- like like you like they, like the like uh, like I mean more like a thin, like not oh, like muscular, wispy, like wispy, like, yeah, yeah. like slump-shouldered little guys. Like you look at like replays of old games from the 80s. They all look kind of like that, to be honest. As, so, but, every, so everybody's getting out of their cars. Yeah, well, even before that, oh, like, yeah. we, like the first the first, the first, first of the players we see get a call oh, yeah. in a scene that has <laughs> a little racism, but like less than some of the parts of the movie, is it's obviously Mexico. I can't remember if they actually play the Mexican hat dance or any mariachi music. But like basically, a guy in a sombrero, like with a like with a woman draped across him, like answers a phone, and obviously in Mexico, yeah. like 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 everyone in Mexico just has sombreros. Well, they all do, you know. know. But like you know, like and it turns out it's Tom Berenger's character, whose name is I can't remember. Oh, Tur- uh, Turner, uh, Tucker, Taylor, uh, Taylor, Jake Taylor. That's it. God, I but I I literally I called him. I I I in my notes I even wrote like I wrote him down at one point, but I kind of forgot. Will you just um, at the end of the covers? Yeah, no, okay. I will not. Um, so, um, so he like he basically hangs up because he doesn't even believe he doesn't even believe it's the Indians. He thinks yeah. it's someone pranking him. Yeah, you know. And then we go to like um, to uh, what's your, what's its uh, you, you uh, can read your notes. It's okay. Yeah, I'm, I am. <laughs> it's okay. Oh yeah. Then they call the manager, and he's yeah. like, and he's like, well, you know what? And he's working in like a tie. Like apparently the manager like managed the Toledo Mud Hens for 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 years. Real team, by yeah. the way, the Toledo Mud Hens. Um, also, Klinger's favorite team from Mash, uh, the Mash TV show. Uh, okay, can we, can, John? 
I, I'm you're, going you're, you're crazy. You're crazy trivia. Like, you know. yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what's funny? It took you more time to complain about that <laughs> than if you just let me say it. Now, like, if you're trying to cut the episode short for time, maybe I'm not. You should... I'm actually not trying to do that. I just, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. So, I'm like, who remembers that shit? You do. Well, I think I guarantee you, uh, there are other people who know Mash, the TV show, it was fairly popular for a little while. Uh, so, so anyway, like, tweet I, us if you remember that 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 who is it? Well, it, it, I will say this: if Chuck Gittles is listening, uh, he, tweet he, us. he knows. He knows. Tweet us Mash. if that was his yeah. favorite. The Mud Hens were his favorite team. You, you don't, no, no. Everyone will tweet us then because they were his favorite team. Tweet us if you knew that is what you're trying to say. Yeah, if you remember that. No, you just said tweet us if the Mud Hens are his favorite team. No, I meant remember. (laughs) You know. So anyway, (laughs) so anyway, the manager is like working in like tire sales. Like he's working at like a. like a flood of tweets that are like, it is. It's totally (laughs) It's correct. Well, we won't get a flood. There's only like, there's probably like maybe 10 people are going to hear it. 27 people that are. 27? (laughs) If we have 27 listeners, I'll eat your hat. I don't have a hat. I do have hats, but I don't want to eat them. Um. So basically, he's torn between managing the Indians and selling a pair of white wall tires, <laughs> which I will admit I I, I laughed at that. There, I actually were got. They, I, were they going to cruise the Miracle Mile? <laughs> could be, <laughs> but like I I will say this is a movie that while it's not as good as I like like it, I wanted it to be like when I was a kid, it is a movie that has some solid laughs for me. I definitely laughed at several moments. John, John, nowadays you can't be too sentimental. Your best bet is a cruise to a true baby blue continental. Yeah. Um, are you going to just recite lyrics at me <laughs> until, I, until I remember what song they're actually from? Because I, I remember it, but I don't. <laughs> Even if it's old junk, it's still Oh, no, roll it's Billy Joel. <laughs> no. Oh, God. You did it. You jolted me. I jolted you. Oh, no. You jolted totally me. Joel. You jolted rolled me. Oh, damn it. Okay, so, so all right. So anyway, um, basically, a quick run through of the majors of the team because yeah. uh, it follows. It follows the next thing you see is you see the most ridiculous haircut. It actually is zigzagged like oh the uh, like the padding on our uh, on our mic stand here. I literally feel like the pa- oh oh like the foam. Yeah, the foam. I literally feel like my nephew had that haircut at one point. Like as like. Why would your nephew have had a haircut that only worked in the late eighties? This is my point, though. Like you know that like that like I just <laughs> want to do something stupid and like took the clippers and was like yeah you know I mean this, this, this was this was you know like this was a time whenever like. You know, like you could you could get away with having dumb hair. Yes, <laughs> I guess Charlie is what Sheen. I'm saying. You can get away with dumb hair. I mean, there's a lot, I gotta tell you, there's a lot of great balding mullets in this movie. <laughs> you know, so you know, so like if I ever want to grow a mullet, I could I can go back to 1989 and survive in my balding mullet land. <laughs> uh, so anyway, oh, but honey. this, this by the way is is Rick Vaughn, who uh, he's he's on the phone and he basically he the only hurdle between him uh, coming to spring training for the Indians is that he is currently in jail in California. He is incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turns out he stole a car. Uh, yeah, so that was dumb. so anyway, going through the, the next things we How did they get him out? He just I think I think he I think he I think he made he made bail or made oh, parole okay. or something. I don't know. So uh, He's in the So uh, so anyway, yeah, that's, there's yeah, so we got Jake Taylor, we got Rick Vaughn, we got the manager who's uh, I cannot remember the freaking Lou something. Lou Brown or Lou something? Lou Brown. Something like that. Does it? Yeah, Lou Brown. Lou Brown's the manager. Lou Brown. And then we have uh, we meet Pedro Serrano. He is a Cuban uh, refugee for religious reasons. He He's a voodoo practitioner. I freaking love this guy. I, I want to say this. It's pretty not cool 
and not really sensitive, culturally sensitive the way they treat his re- his religion. Yeah. You know, because there is actual real voodoo practitioners. It's not a joke. No. You know, it has like real, like there are real people. It's not like Santeria, which I think was made up 100% for episodes of Law & Order. I refuse to believe Santeria. it really exists. <laughs> no, it, but, um, but yeah, it's, um, so it's Serrano. He's, he's a Cuban exile and he believes in uh, this voodoo god named Jobu. Jobu. And he, like, gives him rum and cigars. And Serrano's always smoking cigars, which I didn't remember why he always smoked cigars. And I, I forgot he was Cuban. Mm. I thought he was, like, Haitian or something. Because... I actually thought he was smoking, like, just thicker cigarettes. Like, that's how dumb I am. I no, didn't yeah. realize they were Because he's, he's Cuban, so he smokes cigars. It makes sense and, now. And he actually looks so much like, what is it, Mike Coulter's his yeah, name, whatever. whatever. The guy who played, played he, he looks like the guy who played Luke, Luke Cage. Cage. Like, yeah. I, for a minute, I was like, then I was like, no, there's no way that's him. This movie was made 27 years yeah, ago. No, it's not but, like, he's this big, he's like, completely shave-headed guy yeah, with, like, a, a with a goatee, you know, and he's, and mu- but he's very, but he's very muscular. Yes. You know, especially for an 80s baseball oh, player. Oh, yeah. You know, great. and, uh, yeah, and, and he, and he is basically, you know, like, this monstrous hitter, you know, like, super powerful guy, but he's, but his big problem, and he's an, he's the right fielder, I think, if I remember correctly. I can't remember what where they show him playing, but I think they show him in the outfield leaping for uh, a ball. Uh, it looked like it was in right field. And his his one problem, because he can hit the ball a mile, and they're like, why isn't he? You know, like why isn't he on any other team? Why? Well, how do we get him? And it turns out he can't hit the curveball. Yes, you know, he's he's, like big and he's praying he's praying to Jobu to fix his bat, like, because he thinks his bat is afraid of uh, afraid of curveballs. And there's a lot of really, like, Uga Chaka music in the background whenever he's on. It's a little little offensive there, yeah. but, like, but I will say this, he's actually one of my favorite, he's like, so one of my awesome. favorite characters in the movie. So, you know, it's it's cool. And then we get, uh, we meet one of, uh, I guess, I, I wouldn't say he's my least favorite because I understand why he's there, but w- then we meet Roger Dorn. Yep. That is Corbin Burns, and he comes tooling up in like a big Rolls Royce. He's got like a you know a rich guy sweater and an ascot, you know. And he's he's basically you learn he's actually been with the Indians for like three years. They have him under contract, uh, you know. He's really he's like the highest paid member of the team. Right. He's you know he's basically a terrible fielder. He's still good offensively. He used to be a great ball player, but he's he's aging and he's like basically. His heart's not in it. He just wants money now. He just wants the money. You know, which makes it really weird that, um, like, and I'll, I'll go ahead and tell, I'm not going to tell, there's not really a story to tell about it, but I spent one day as an extra because the uh, in the movie Major League Three, because that was actually filmed in uh, College Park in Charleston, South Carolina. And, you know, it's like they're going back to the minors. But Corbin Bernstein is in the third one, which seems really weird because in this movie he's very wealthy. And he really, it's like, he's like, I'm going to go free agent next year. And I, you know, like, I don't really want to be a ball player anymore. He's yeah. like, he wants to get into like interior design or something, you know? So it's really weird that like, I mean, I, I get why Corbin Burnson was doing it. Cause ka-ching. Yeah. Cause the, the dude's career was on ice in the mid nineties. Like, like, I mean, in the late nineties when this movie was being filmed, it's like, it's not like he had a big, a big career going if on. If you're an so, actor and you want to keep playing. Ka-ching. Yeah. yeah. Take cash in, take the money. Take the money. I mean, well, you get a chance to work with job. Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula had a huge dumper that night, cause it, like that day. By the way, he had a big ass going on, cause he like he was in his baseball pants, big old ass on that Bakula. We do not. Oh, he was built like a brick shit house, but he's muscular in his butt. The Bakula. We no. do not. Hey. Disparage. Scott's got Bakula. I'm not. In, I'm not disparaging. I'm telling you, Ever. it was a Nicki Minaj kind of situation. Guys, right? Like, like guys, the back. The back is back. Anyway, and he is back. <laughs> So and then we meet like he's so he, so he's kind of he's he's kind of a like he he does he's kind of a jerk 
You know, it's Corbin Burnson playing him. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. I mean, that's that's like I don't think Corbin Burnson has ever played anyone who's not a jerk. No. You know, it's kind of his thing. That's I think niche. it's also funny that he's the blonde. Yeah. He's the he is your um what's his toes from uh, Karate Kid? Yeah. Yeah, Billy Bill Zapka. Billy Z- yeah, yeah, Bill Zapka. Billy Zapka. Yeah, he's he's, he's, the, he's a classic villain. He's the classic villain blonde douche. Yeah. Yeah, he's just he's a D-bag. Yeah. He kind of looks like Joe Buck. He's got yes. thinning hair yes. and he's plugs. Yes, yes, yes. You know. You know, like he's obviously like again, and he's aging like like basically the, there's two kinds of players, guys who are just starting out and guys who are old as hell. Right. Um, most you, of this team is actually filled with the old as hell dudes. Yeah, it's mostly so. old as hell. It's mostly washed up. The whole lot, whole thing is like, <laughs> get him before they get a heart attack and die. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And, and then the next player you meet, who also pulls up in what looks like a nice car, but like obviously a much more used one, yeah. is Willie Mays Hayes, Woo-hoo! who uh, played played by Wesley Snipes. The Snipes. That, that's right, Blade himself, Wesley Snipes. You know. Uh, is uh, you know, and this is one of his first big roles, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and and Willie Mays Hayes is well, all right. Willie Mays is Willie Mays Hayes is awesome. He's I love great. Willie Mays Hayes so much. He's, he's probably my favorite character yeah, in this he's movie. He's hysterical. You know, right? He's right. He's right up there. Like he's above Serrano and and even above uh, you know the you know, and we'll get to him, but the Uke uh, who's later in the movie, uh, you know, playing Harry Doyle, uh, you know, like. He's right up there. It's like I, but I love Willie Mays Hayes because he's this super cocky, super arrogant guy who was not invited. No, he just shows up. He just up. shows up, and they're like, "Who is this guy?" You know, and like, there's a whole and uh, well, before we get to him, and then you like, you uh, then you also get. Uh, oh wait, actually, you don't meet meet him yet. Um, you, you'll meet him later. He's not in part of this. So basically, Corbin Burr, and like, and, and when Rick Bond shows up, like he gets dropped off at a, a motor, like like he gets dropped off a motorcycle, right. You know, like, and he's just wearing a sleeveless leather jacket and a, right. like a, a, t- a sleeveless T-shirt under it. You know, and he has a big dangly 1989 earring. <laughs> Basically, know? he looks like he like he looks like a version of himself in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, kind of. Well, the, yeah, this was. This is during that weird thing when the Sheen Boys basically played weird pseudo punk characters right. a lot. You know, like most most of the mid late eighties. You know, they, you know, like, so he's but um. But Sheen is basically, um, like, he's the bad boy. He's the wild one. Well, no, not yet. And it's not but the he wild is the one. bad boy. But he's not the wild one. <laughs> no. No, he's not a real wild child. He's not a real wild child. Wild child. No, 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 he's neither of those things. Um, but um, <laughs> you just you screwed me up. Come on back, baby. Come on back. <laughs> Bring it back, bring I, it back. You know, roll it in, roll it in. Hey, if anyone had forgotten, we don't really edit because I'm too lazy, especially since I'm trying to get this up like ASAP. Uh, so we're just gonna have this we're little awkward moment here. Okay, you can stop singing. I'm just so, ca- Bert, Bert, no, 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 don't vamp when I'm trying to talk because like, that doesn't help. <laughs> Vamping is when I ask you to because I can't talk. <laughs> not, not when I'm trying. One to. of these days, we're actually gonna do this thing where you like do pause and you put in like a little interlude, like a play me off, Johnny. Like, oh my god. Okay. Uh, anyway, so but Corbin Burnson starts by making jokes. It's really funny because Corbin Burnson makes these. They're not straight up homophobic because they're not. He doesn't really call him gay, but he no. kind of implies he's effeminate and weak. Yeah. And it's really funny because basically, like, he's like, well, wait, 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 yeah, like, 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 Sheen is coming in basically dressed kind of like a like, da- like Daryl from a uh, Daryl. Yes. From, from, uh, the, Walking from the Walking Dead. I know where you're going. And uh, you know, with it, like, it's weird, but this it's is a borderline punk rock haircut. Yeah. And then Corbin Burns is wearing like a cricket sweater. I mean, he, he looks like fucking the fifth doctor. He needs a, like a celery stock on it. Like, and he's like, like he's like, he's like, hi, Tad. I play tennis and eat quiche. Well, yeah. Which in the 80s was the worst sin. You can't eat quiche in the 80s no. you know, if you were a man. You, you know, quiche and sushi. Ew. He probably carries a Merce. 
Yeah, no, not in the eighties. No one carried. No, he has a fanny pack. Oh yes, a fanny pack. <laughs> he has a fanny pack. Trust me on this. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the nineties were the merce. Yeah, no, well, I'd say even even later, like the, the, the like the late nineties, early aughts how, were how the merce. How carried a person by merce in the nineties? Well, yeah, he was a trendsetter in merce. He really was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we won't talk about that. So, so basically, uh, you know, and, and, and yeah, like so, we've established that basically, uh, Dorn hates Vaughn. Uh, yeah, for Bernson whatever hates reason, he because hates he's the him. rookie, gives him shit, and also because yeah. he's a prick. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so he needs um, someone to beat up on. For yeah, no yeah, he's a, he's a bully and a prick. Yeah. Um, and he's by far the richest member of the team, and the one who's the most likely to have a career after this season. Um, well, more on that later. So Willie Mays Hayes ends up getting in the middle of the night, like they're all in their barracks at spring training, and Willie Mays Hayes gets taken out by like five security guys. They just take his bed his off. Bed off the and you bed. see the next day, you see people running like the wind sprint drills, and, and everything. he's like outside, and he's outside sleeping, and he wakes up and goes, "Oh, was I cut already?" But then he just gets up and starts running in his pajamas, and he actually runs in and catches up with the people who'd already started and blows past them. He's that fast, you know. He's like super fast, and they're like, "Get this kid a uniform," yeah, you know, and. uh so, uh, and then we, this is right after this, we learn because we're going through the montage sort yeah. of of who does what. You get a little moment you of see like, Behringer, you find yeah. that Behringer's knees are shitty, and yeah. like, you, like, it, it's, it, they've already established his knees are shot. Behringer's a guy who used to be a really good catcher, at, but he's several years past his prime. He's been in Mexico the last few years. Like, it's established that, like, because they're like, like you know, like he used to be good, and it's like too bad we didn't get him when he was good. And it was like we had like too bad we haven't gotten him before when he was good. And he was like we had him two years ago. Well, he was bad then, you know. Like but like like four or five years ago, he was he was still a good player. And yeah. His knees weren't shot yet. Right. You know, but you see him like he can barely he can't make the throw to second right. He can't get up off his knees. I gotta say this though, like I just have to I have to take Behringer out of the mix for a second and talk for a minute about Lou. My God, he is a another well cast dude. Like they do a. Fucking phenomenal job casting. He looks like a manager. He looks like a baseball lifer who's never gotten anywhere. Yeah, he looks exhausted. He's got that voice that sounds like he's smoked more cigarettes than he's ever eaten food. Like he he's He's definitely I don't I again I don't know all the work he's done because he's but he's a total bad guy. His name is James James Gammon. James Gammon. He's been in a ton of stuff. But it's like you look and this is actually very funny. We had a little moment of like where we paused the movie because I had to look him up because he said his voice is so distinct. That he sounded like going back to another movie that we did in the podcast. I don't agree that I ever sounded like he that guy. He sounds like the guy who does the voice for TikTok in yeah. Return to Oz. And, I, and we, had, reason, we had a whole dispute. Wait, and the reason <laughs> I is don't not, agree with this. The reason is it's not that he has the the accent or whatever, which we found out actually the guy that does it is a guy named Sean Barrett, who's who's English. But regardless, possibly he, Irish, actually doesn't matter. My point is, I mean, they're the same, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh God! No! 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 All of, anyone foreign who listens to this, don't listen. No! Oh God! No, anyone? I'm oh God! Kidding. Oh God! Oh God! No! Oh I'm God! No! Joking! You guys know I love you. Um, but he has the same. It's the way his instrument, his voice sounds. It literally sounds like he's in a copper. <laughs> he does sound like a. He does sound like a thousand-year-old robot that's he been turned off for years. Like, yes. And it sounds. I and, and they do. They I'm do both have that mustache. To, I'm listening to him talk, and I like. I, I closed my eyes and I paused the thing, and I'm like. What am I thinking of? What am I thinking of? And I'm hearing, all I'm hearing is like, turn me off. Turn me off. My gears like, have my stopped gears turning have stopped thousands turning. of years like, ago. It was hilarious. Oh, like, my God. Holy crap, he 
must be TikTok. And it sounded so painful for him every time he spoke. Every time he spoke. Ah, my lungs are tearing out of my throat. (laughs) But he was also like so badass because he never. Oh well, yeah, he's the old tough baseball. Doesn't raise his voice. He just (coughs) says what needs to be. He's very straightforward. I I fucking love him. He's a shit kicker. He's He's great. Great. You know, and uh, so oh, and uh, so um, we learn that that Wild Thing throws a. A respectable ninety-six mile an hour fastball that with no aim. What but did this I is the thing. Him? The wild, wild one, and then real, which is, and real wild child, which uh, wild child, which by the way, real wild child actually I has the chorus. I'm one. a real wild one. You called him a wild child. No, I didn't. No, no, they call him that on a they sign. Call him in the There's a sign that on that in the movie. I called him something else, like the wild one. I'm a real wild. Yeah, that's what I did. Well, the song is called Real Wild Child. <laughs> I'm a real Sometimes wild I'm child. Dumb. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, like uh, the wild one. The wild one is actually a movie starring Marlon Brando, but that's from the fifties. So we probably won't be getting to that. Oh God. Okay. Wild. Yeah. Thing. So ahead. yeah, but so he like it, it's funny is because ninety six miles an hour. While it's it's pretty fast. Yeah. In baseball, in the actual Major League Baseball of today, if you throw ninety six miles an hour but you can't control it, you're not gonna get very far no. you know if you can't find home plate you know like so so they have this like person that you know this like batter that he's like just trying to sh- throw mm. like almost like it's a later target. oh we're not there yet that yeah well you know what no i yeah, no i think it's fine you can yeah i think we might be so there. the first thing the first time you see the target it's he's thrown at it and it's like knocking him like off the kilter or whatever then you see it again and he's thrown it so poorly that it's actually like the balls are stuck at like, like there's dents all it's over all it, over and then he, like, ends up, he ends up blowing its head off. It's really funny. <laughs> and like it's funny because no one seems to be watching him. No. So he's like acting like looking around like, uh oh, <laughs> you know. With Willie Mays though he can't. Willie Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes can't hit the ball. Yeah, that's the, yeah. He that's, can't hit the ball. Yeah, because well. this is the thing he's trying to say like he's Willie Mays. Right. But Willie Mays also like aside from being fast and a great fielder, Willie Mays was also like actually a good hitter right so he's trying to hit and he can't and so um like lou brown comes up to him and says because every time he hits yeah. the ball keeps going up in the air the ball goes up in the air you gotta do 20 push-ups yeah and so you know he's like all right he's I, got like, this. Listen, I got this listen you don't play this way you you're fast you gotta beat it out you gotta aim low hit it you know hit hit for the ground you're not you can't you know and so like basically he ends up having to drop and do push-ups non-stop until he learns how to hit a ball down by the way, I just would like to point out to to our to our viewing audience the name of your look. I'm drinking a beer called Growl, <laughs> which is by made by the Off Color Brewing uh, Company in Chicago, Illinois. Yep. Uh, anyway, I need to stop doing this. This is really funny. Weirdly enough, I hit that I hit that weird sweet spot where it wasn't hurting my throat. Where it's but, more uh, like the Tuvin. Yeah, but um, but anyway, so and at the end of the day, you see um, like. They uh, Wild Thing sees another older, really old, schlubby looking dude, and he says, "You know what's that on your chest?" And he's like, "That's Crisco for you know." And he's like, he has like all these different oily substances hidden all over his body because he's an aging pitcher. He's like, "When you got your stuff, you know, you can get away with, uh, you know." So basically, he's a cheater, and he's uh, clearly based. Clearly based. Well, I, in hindsight, I I would say it's clearly. He's clearly based, and p- people who are about 15 years older than me are going to be a lot better at no- better knowing this. So if you're in your mid-50s and listening to this, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, definitely. He's clearly based on Gaylord Perry, who is a pitcher mostly in the 70s and early 80s. I think his, well, I think his career started in the 60s, but he was really notorious. Everyone knew he threw doctored baseballs. Yeah. Everyone knew he was throwing the spitball, you know, but no one ever really caught him. Right. You know? And he was like— True. Well, I don't know if this is a true story. My mother claimed it to be a true story, but supposedly in 1976, uh, Gaylord Perry was having a pretty good year, and my dad uh, was suggest- suggested to her that we name me Gaylord, 
and she said no and put her foot down. And if that's the case, uh, no matter what issues I have with you, Way mom, to go. thanks. Thanks a lot for that one. Because uh, I'm but sorry. But I, I mean, I, I don't even know this is true. My mother has a tenuous relationship with truth when she tells stories. And also, my dad has a tendency to joke around a lot. <laughs> you know, so he might have been he might have been pulling her leg. My, you know, the our exper- my experience with Jonathan's father, my father-in-law, is um he is the ultimate dad for dad jokes. Something that I did not grow up with and don't understand. So when I <laughs> when have I we, met, have, we, have we gone over this in the podcast before? Like well, we talked about how my, dad we, jokes. We talked well, we talked about my dad and how I didn't understand yeah. dad jokes. But we never. My dad is my dad is like about, ultra dad jokes. Yeah, like you know how they say like you either marry your father or you marry the opposite of your father. Like my father-in-law is the opposite of my father. Right. Like they are complete total opposites. Right. His experience, Jonathan's experience growing up was the total opposite because my father didn't understand jokes and his father By only the way, told jokes. I love it because you're talking about your family who I calls me Jonathan. Know, you started you calling Jonathan, me Jonathan. I know. I realized that I did that. That's fine. I don't mind it. It's I, just my I, brother's I, name is John as well. And so, yeah. yeah. I, I I'm the Jonathan her, her mother never had. It's true. When she, it's when she found true. out, I don't mind being called that. Uh, so basically... Uh, little window into so this our guy, life. But this guy is Eddie Harris and he's kind of the last of the players to really be introduced who's like a major character. Like... There's obviously, you know, there's he's a another point. that guy, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, he's been in a lot of things, uh, a lot of things. What's his excellent uh, name? Chelsea, Chelsea something, Chelsea Ross. Yeah. Uh, not spelled like the like the city of Chelsea. For those of you who watch our, um, who watch, who listen to our other podcast, A Hard Gray's Night, um, he is uh, a character. Yeah. I don't remember. You don't remember? He's Harper Avery. Oh, he's Harper Avery of the famed award. That's yes. right. Yes. Like, and until that moment, I kind of like. Like, and I don't even remember him ever being on the show. They do a flashback. It's a flash. It has to be a flashback, yeah. yeah. But like, I, I, I always thought the Harper Avery Award. To be honest, I thought it was a two-person award. Like it was a I Harper hyphen Avery. I, like I it was kind of a too. doctor named Harper and a doctor named Avery that formed the like, like whatever the committee was. But we, we uh, are talking about Shonda Rhimes, who loves her names. Yeah, of course. Her weird ass uh, yeah, names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also, we're not talking about Shonda Rhimes anymore because this is not that podcast. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that later on whenever we finally do another Hard Grey's Night, yes. which uh, you know. Hopefully it will be after 50 of these episodes because good no- yeah. So, um, so we're but Eddie Harris, Eddie Harris is the last of them. Oh, and yeah. He is, like, in much of the way that Corbin Burnson is uh, is in opposition to uh, to uh, the wild thing, he is in opposition to Serrano. Right. Because he is a Christian. Christian. And he's he's openly and, dev- like, I'd say devoutly, but that's really the wrong term for him. He's more performatively yes. Christian. He like he doesn't like this voodoo shit being in his you know in his in his clubhouse. He wants to lead the team in prayer, but he's also a cheater. Yes. And a creeper. Yes. Like he's 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 a total like like he's like a, obviously a hard drinking, hard partying, porn loving cheater. Yep. But he's like super super performatively Christian. Which is like I don't know. There's something kind of. Mm-hmm. There's a vindication in that that I kind of love yeah. because there's a, such a hypo- like the the hypocrisy of that that you do see in real life. It was a nice moment of like life and art coming yeah. together in a moment. Right? Yeah. And uh, so anyway, and so anyway, <laughs> I love uh, how you just like yeah. Let's not let, let, let's not you know like I am I am not I am not here to get we're we're this is the feel good Thanksgiving podcast baby. Just wanted feel to say. good. We're in feel good land. The only people who are going to have any awkward fights are us, not the audience. <laughs> For real, Theo. So, um, yeah, I, I don't wait. really, I don't really. Oh, Tom Berenger takes the takes the boys out. 
you know. Oh, I have to talk about this before we. I'm sorry. Can I say one thing but, before we go oh, there? Before, but before we take some out, yeah. I, because this, I just realized that this this note is about before. Yeah. You get to see it. It, it, it happens this throughout this movie. This is what I talk movie. about it too. Yeah. Well, it happens throughout this movie. But Tom Berenger oh. is dressed. Yeah, I didn't think you were, this is what you were like. Tom Berenger is basically dressed like fucking Sonny Crockett throughout this movie. He is so Miami Vice out. He is Miami Vice. He's like in a. He's true. in a dress tee. With a with a with a, with a with a white jacket and so jeans. often yeah and je- and, and stonewashed jeans Fucking he is weird. so Miami Vice like, okay like this like I said everyone wanted it to be Miami yeah. wherever they were it's I mean they were technically in Florida so I get it but you know yeah but okay so two things so um, first of all there was this absolutely glorious moment when they're in spring training and they're they're playing games. And they play against the Cubs, and it was just this beautiful moment where we got to see our boys. And uh, our <laughs> boys. Hey, it was the '89 Cubs. They were. It yeah, was I, I, I want to point out. I, I didn't. You know, we're going a little tangent back. This movie came out during like a peak year for baseball for John uh, in his early years. This is the first year after John I did, or Jonathan. That would be both of us. <laughs> this was the first year, like since like because I really wasn't. Big enough into baseball in 1984 to consider myself a real Cubs fan. Yeah. I was aware of them, yeah. but like I was, I was, I was never like a sports kid. And it took a while for me to like get into any sport. You know, baseball is the only one I, I really have followed consistently my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, from that point on. But like, I became a Cubs fan in like the mid late 80s when they were bad again mm-hmm. after the 84 Cubs were good. So the 89 Cubs were the Which first. Which means you were a true fan. No, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know, it just means that's when I happen to become a fan, you know. And I'm thanks to WGN. Thanks, yeah. WGN. Well, also thanks to the, my dad is actually a Cubs fan. Well, from, yeah, your like, dad's my dad's from, from Iowa, Iowa, so it's like, it's a little different. Like, yeah. like he was actually, like, I have a lot of family in, in Illinois. So it wasn't, it's like, but yeah, but WGN helped us watch games. Right. So I got to see them a lot more. But, like, 89 was the first year the Cubs were good again. Like, like a contender level good. You know, and they, like, and again, the '89 Cubs made it all the way to the NLCS mm-hmm. that year. The year, the year that uh, supposedly the Indians uh, <laughs> went to the ALCS. You know, but they, you know, they ended up failing. Thank you, Will Clark. I hate you so much. Well, not that you're listening, but if you are, Will Clark, I still hate you. Nah, I forgive you. It's over. Cubs up with the series, but um, but the Cubs at that time had a relief pitcher mm-hmm. who couldn't throw straight, <laughs> but threw really hard nicknamed wild thing and it was the weirdest thing that this movie came out at you know like right. that year you know like so I, I it was the weirdest thing and and I remember watching this movie and I, I and, and thinking it's the weirdest thing is I feel like these Cleveland Indians are basically the Cubs because they were like the team that. that never won that were hapless and whatever and they like they were so much better than people expected you know although I guess you know in hindsight they were building back up from the from the low point of like 86 87 you know, but but at the time, I I, I you know I, I I had this huge weird. Effect. I was like, why isn't this about the Cubs? Like, I literally was like annoyed that it wasn't about the Cubs because the, because, because like the Cubs. Cubs were also that team that was terrible yeah. and had been terrible even longer than the Indians. You so, know, but so Tom Berger takes the boys out. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wait, 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 we didn't even talk about the fact of who stays and who goes. Oh, we didn't have that moment. Oh, well, basically everyone we care about stays. Wait, but, but let's but, talk about how that happens. Yeah, because that's but, yeah. Important oh, yeah, there, and there's actually some great goofiness yeah. and like it's 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 bored. I think it would be so much more racist if Wesley Snipes wasn't the other one. Yes, I agree. The, like, I agree. Because like we we do this like there's all this ridiculous stuff with Serrano doing all these various you know items like he puts rum down for his for Jobu you know and says and and, and Harris says he's you know I'm gonna drink that rum like someone's gonna drink that rum if you leave it out and he's like. You know, basically, anyone fucks with Jobu, they're going to be in trouble, you know. Nobody better drink his rum, 
you know, and, and Serrano's a big fucking shit kicker, so, yeah, he could kick you know, but, um, just by looking at you. But, um, like, and, uh, so, so every time they check, like, the whole idea is when you open your locker after the game, like, at, when you go back to the clubhouse, there's, like, if you're cut, there's a red tag. That, that's, like, basically you're going back to the minors, you know? You, you know, like, so, you know, and, like, the Berenger being the, like, he's the older, like, mentor figure. He's kind of the uh, Kevin Costner and Bull Durham. Yes. You know, he's, like, he's, like, you know, if you get, you know, when you're not cut, don't celebrate. Right. It's shitty you know, to do that. Don't celebrate in front of everybody. Don't celebrate in the clubhouse. Take it outside before you celebrate. You know, because like it's it's an insult to everybody who got cut. You know, you don't they don't they don't need to see everyone celebrating. Right. So you know, like they they go through these various this montage of like them playing fairly terribly, and you know, like you know, because they, they again the team's designed to, to tank, and they all are like freaking out and like there's like but you see like they're all afraid to open the lockers and every time they're like oh thank God and you see like. Serrano does this ceremony with a python where he's like dipping it and like moving it and it's touching so the. It's so fucking uh, weird. It's so fucking offensive when you get down to it. But it's significantly less offensive that the one player who tries to do it with him is Wesley Snipes with, with a garter stick. Okay, I'm going to get some more wine. You keep talking. And uh, ba- wow. Uh, I guess I'll vamp. Vamp, 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 vamp. No, so. Um, and uh, we, we get like, we, we get to like the last day of spring training. Everything's like, you know, in order and um, basically all of our cast goes through and every one of them manages to make the cut. And, you know, they they go through their whole like I haven't gotten to that. <laughs> it's it's dramatic buildup. The same way the movie did it. <laughs> I'm doing it in order. You know, so, you know, like Serrano does his big snake ritual. We see uh, Vaughn and uh, and Wesley Snipes. Oh, and you see Tom Berenger. Um, like he, he looks and he does this like obvious sigh of relief. Cause he's a guy who's been up and down. He knows the score, you know, he, he knows, he knows he hasn't been playing that well, you know, but basically everyone goes through, uh, Wesley Snipes has this, like some, some, some biz, some comedy business where he, like, he basically swings it open and jumps to the side and kind of looks over at, uh, at Charlie Sheen, like, hey, you know, and Charlie Sheen kind of gestures like, you know, go look, you know, and it's not there. And then we finally get to, and it's actually shot really well. I have to say, Done very well. good, good, good direction, of, like staging of the shot yes. is like she. It's shot from inside the locker. She opens the locker, and you can see out of focus. Yeah. You can see red. Yeah, so you and know. So you see his face, but you see this red blur, and he's like, "Oh shit," you know. And in, and then he goes into to Lou Brown's office. It's a great moment. And is and just like blows up and like tells him like you know like basically like I I I you know like I. You, you, fuck you for sending me down. Whenever I, I'm gonna come back on another team one day, and I'm gonna sh- shove this up your fucking ass yeah. for doing this. And he turns and grabs his baseball and throws it, and he actually does it really well. It yeah. hits its target, you know, like and puts a huge dent in uh, in Lou's locker, you know, and you know, and Lou's like, well, that's, uh, I love your spirit, kid, but uh, I, you're not. Nobody you're not cut, cut you. Nobody yeah. cut you. Yeah. You know, and Someone, so he, someone's fucking with you. Someone's basically. fucking with you, basically, and. And you see, and she knows exactly who, and he goes in and basically jumps on Corbin Burnson, and like they have a big fight and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and meanwhile, Willie Mays Hayes has snuck outside so he can do a crazy dance, which is adorable. <laughs> you know, because he's the best. I love right. Willie Mays Hayes so much. So they get, so they get back, so they're back in Cleveland now, and they're, um, and uh, 
and uh, oh, Tom Berenger takes them out. Tom Berenger takes, takes them out. out. Yeah, takes, takes out um, Sheen and the two rookies, basically. The two rookies and Sheen and Hayes. Hayes. Yeah, yeah. Vaughn and, and and Hayes. And it's kind of this adorable moment because they're like, "Yeah, can I get a chili dog?" Like, like it's this really yeah, nice restaurant. Yeah, they're in a French it's, restaurant. And it's it's funny because it doesn't. It's not really that nice a restaurant. No, it if you looks, look. It's got like the it's not like the guardrails. It, it like looks like a Perkins. Yeah, I was gonna. I was trying to think of like the yeah the chain that it looked like because I was about to say it looks kind of like the the Walker Brothers pancake house, but that's a very localized reference. Yeah, it is. But it does look like a, a, like a Walker Brothers. Perkins, like yeah, it looks, it looks yeah. like a Perkins or like a like a really upscale Applebee's. Yeah, it's really <laughs> you know, like it's weird. it's like it's not it, it it doesn't look that nice. But right. they're playing they're playing nice soft piano music and and uh, they're and the the menu is in French. Yeah. So he has to order but, for but them. But I also want to point out there's a couple of things I want to point out here, and this is right before we meet. Rene Russo, who's the love yeah. interest, but let me get let me get to that in a minute. A couple things I need to point out at this moment. Number one, Beringer and Hayes, <laughs> I don't know why I'm calling and Snipes are both drinking champagne. Like although, they're actually although they're drinking different things. Like he has a fluted champagne glass. I think I think I think Hayes is just drinking white wine. Well, fine, okay, white wine. And then you have Charlie Sheen. Now I can't tell if he's just drinking soda. Oh, he's definitely not just drinking soda. Or if he's soda. drinking like a rum and coke. It's definitely it's definitely a something in coke because uh, because let's face it, he's he's drinking throughout the movie. Yeah. So it's yeah. just this funny moment of it, like he's he, you can just tell he's like obviously a young punk. Like that's like the whole yeah. Idea. Like he's a juvenile delinquent. Like there's he's, not a chance this guy's gonna he's drink a dirt white bag, wine. You know, like, it's like really yeah. funny. So that's one moment. The other thing is I just have to say, all of a sudden now we have Berenger like actually dressed up. A little nice, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the movies that I'm used to seeing. Yeah. He's a little yeah, bit you different. didn't recognize him throughout the movie. And, I did, I did. I but you're did. like, well, you you knew he was Tom Berenger, yeah. but you didn't. You were like, he doesn't really look like. And I'm like, this is the thing for me. This movie is my first, like, it's not my first impression. I guess I think I may have seen him in other things before, but this movie is my go-to image of Tom Berenger. Yeah. So Which is funny because, like, like normally in almost every other movie I've ever seen him play, he kind of plays a weird, scary, hard ass. Yeah. You know, and in this movie, like, he's kind of a there's, – there's some creepy bits to him, and we'll get to that. But he's not like this – he's not an asshole, no. hard-ass motherfucker. Like, no. he's not like he's in Platoon. Right. You know, which is – I, I imagine the a lot yes. of people think – like, really think of Berenger as his character yes. in Platoon. So, but – and and there's, like, another movie I watched of his. I think it's, like, Shattered or something. Yeah, I don't he's know. been in a ton of movies, <laughs> and mostly he plays cra- – he mostly plays, like, assholes and psychopaths. Yes. You know? So, here um, – so, but the, the one thing about Tom Berenger that will never leave me – is um thank you Nip Tuck because is this gonorrhea. is what I wrote. This is what I wrote. shut up. So this is what I wrote. Tom Berenger's thin beige lips because <laughs> he has thin villainous beige lips. I don't think they're that thin. They're, I think they're pretty full. But they're but they're the wrong color. They're the wrong color. They're kind of pouty. They but look so fucking weird. I don't even know what to call them. They look like they somebody like lined a, them because they're has, wrong. You know what he has? And I only know this because I watched uh like I watched uh, Dark Knight Rises last night. Is he has, he has. Uh, uh, you did? Yeah, remember I told you I watched Batman with Jackson. Oh, that was the Batman that's what I watched. watched. Okay. But he has he has Christian Bale lip, like that weird mouth that Christian Bale has. Yeah, but Christian Bale. Christian Bale has a weird mouth too, but man. He wears it better. But he There's has like something fucking weird about Tom Berenger's mouth. You know, he's, like I don't want to kiss that because I'm afraid like somebody else's <laughs> face is gonna. I don't like, want to kiss that because it's attached to Tom Berenger. But my point is like I I'm mean, afraid like his lips are gonna come off and be like whoa whoa whoa. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? His lips are gonna come off and go whoa 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 like a lightsaber noise like. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Like I'm completely at a loss. <laughs> Whoop, 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 whoop. 
Or is it like a Yub Nub? It's more like the Ewok song. Yub Nub. You killed me. I'm done. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> okay, so anyway, while while Tom Berenger and his lips are sipping champagne, like he looks he looks over the edge of the bat because they're like on a mezzanine level. Oh my God. And he looks down and he sees uh, a woman and a, yeah. and a and a and a and a guy in a suit and a pair of eyebrows. Oh God. Um, he sees this guy in a suit and a pair of eyebrows. <laughs> You okay there, Allie? Um, He sees this guy. Um, I, I'm repeating myself because you're laughing so hard that I can honestly, I'm like trying to vamp. But he sees this woman and it's Renee Russo. And she's the love interest. And she's and wearing like, she's wearing what I wore to my prom <coughs> in high prom? school. Well, it was called Morp. But yes. Oh, that's right. You went to one of those. <clears throat> in my... Um, well, in you my, went in your fame in the woods. My fame in the woods. Your arty school. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, but... It's like his black dress with a, like, a red sash. I will say this. I I, I have a two part thing. I got. I got so three don't parts. answer it. Don't don't answer it until okay, we get to it. I won't, but I got a three part thing. <laughs> but this is part one of my two part observation. As I saw her appear, I wrote, "Whatever happened to Renee Russo?" Because <laughs> she hasn't been in a lot of things. We're not, we're not gonna. We'll follow up on that in a little bit. I'm, I'm laying the seeds in for oh, that. God. So that's my thought when I first saw her because I hadn't. I, you know, we haven't seen her in ages in anything okay. that I can think of. This was so a, oh oh, you got more in this scene. I got more on Renee Russo. Okay. Can I talk about my Renee Russo? <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we wait until we follow this up? Because it like like because she's barely there in this part, and she he like, has a whole conversation with her. Um. Yeah, but like, but they, they, he has a brief conversation with her. Right, they, but they, I w- he, okay, okay. If it's about it's if it's actually about this scene, then it's about her. About her and it connected to this yes. scene. Okay. So all right, he takes her down. He takes her down. He goes downstairs. Like he ditches the boys, who I'm sure are then now eating their lobster with their bare hands because they're savages. <laughs> Uh, you know, although it's an Applebee's, so it's probably not lobster. <laughs> you know, like they're French, they're French Applebee's, French Perkins. They're little I guess. medallions. French Perkins state. sounds like an like a character actor from the forties. French Perkins, speed talking actor. <laughs> you know, but um, <laughs> but I, wow, I just made myself laugh. What a dork I am. So she, he go, he runs down the stairs. He he basic and he goes to the phone and he calls for her because he knows this woman. He calls for her. He calls for her on the Katerina. phone. No, at the at the phone. Arturo. I don't even know what what what, what you're overboard. doing. Overboard. Go ahead, move on. Okay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh God, it was overboard. Okay, I get it now. I'm back. I'm back. So he calls her from like the courtesy phone. Yeah. Uh, you know, the white courtesy phone. Uh, he gives her. He gives her a. Uh, <laughs> wow. Are you drunk? No, you made an airplane reference. Oh, okay. I have to laugh. Okay, but you're also kind of drunk. A little. Okay. So uh, he calls he calls her from the courtesy phone and she she he, and they they say like you've got a call and she goes to the other courtesy phone which for some reason is like across the restaurant yeah well, and, she's at the hostess stand oh she's at the hostess stand yeah and uh, he's he he's and, at the bar and he's at the bar that's right yeah and so he, you know and she, he's like hey and he's like she's like hey you know like it's me blah 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 Jake Turner uh, Taylor Taylor whatever <laughs> Jake right. yeah I'm sorry. I was thinking of the Turner Diaries because we have a Nazi in power. Oh, oh no, no, happy times. No, We're happy not talking time, about that. Happy times, happy times. Um, so, so uh, it's 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 Taylor, you know, and she, you know, and she's like, oh, and, and by the way, when they said who is that, he's like, that's my wife, or she would have been if things hadn't gone wrong, right? You right. know, and, you know, and uh, so he's calling her, and she's, he's like, basically, like, hey, you know, like we. You know, it's like, how'd you know I was here? Well, you know, I, I figured you'd be celebrating. This is a restaurant we met at, and I know you you really like it. This is where and you came when we, when, when you we, won your when you when got you your won masters. Your, when you got your masters, and she's like, 
and she's like, and he's like, and you're probably wearing that black dress with the red sash. She's like, how do you know that? I never even had that dress when we were when we knew each other. And she's like, and she oh, looks over, and she sees him over there, and he walks over, and she and she's like, I gotta go, and like my date is looking at me, like you know, and she and and he's like, well, you gotta give me your number. This is where this is this is an aspect of his character, yep, that I feel like you couldn't do nowadays. That like it just like. He's, he's harassing he, he's her. He's a straight up creeper stalker. He's straight up harassing her. Like he's demanding to get her number. And she's know? doing the classic actually thing you would do, which, which is, is give she him... she gives in and gives her gives him a, a random number. Yeah. He, so, I, I, I actually still remembered it. it's five 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 nineteen thirty four is what she says. That is, why John? Why do you remember that? Because what happened in nineteen thirty four? Oh, so many things happened yeah, in 1934. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was not a year that the Cubs won a pennant. No. That would have been 1933 and 1936 correct. and 1939 and 1929. Yes. Uh, but. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but do I need to put another coin into the trivia? No, I actually brain? don't. I actually don't know why I remember it because I don't. Mm. It's like mm. knowing that the, the stormtrooper that Luke was disguised as was TK421. Um, so, anyhow. I don't know why mm-hmm. I know it. So, uh, basically. Captain over, white courtesy phone. Captain Clarence over, Yes, yeah, so, so yeah, basically he ends up getting her number, but she gives the wrong number. Yes. She leaves, and then we get some more, like, some more Wait, goofy. I want to talk about Rene Russo. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's talk about Rene Russo. So, this is what I wrote about Rene Russo. What they did in this movie is they basically wanted Rene Russo's character to, in ways... Be Susan Sarandon's character in Bull Durham. Kind of. However, but except what they that she did, was, yeah. uh, 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 uh. <laughs> what they did in order to do this is they banked on Meg Ryan's character from When Harry Met Sally, and that is how they dressed her. <laughs> what? I don't, I'm not even following, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, okay, they I made, agree. They dressed her and put her. Oh, I get it. They, they, they wanted, yeah. they wanted to her. make it. Yeah, you know who would have been really good in this role? Meg Ryan. Yes. Oh my God. Why yes. Not? Meg Ryan should. You know what? This should have been Meg Ryan. Well, I'm gonna say this: late '80s, early '90s. Meg Ryan should have been basically Ooh. every romantic lead. I mean, right now she looks like a cat, but that's okay. Yeah. Like, but, 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 but back like, then, but I'm gonna say right now, you have if 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 it's between the years of like 1986 and 1996, if you're not way. charmed by Meg Ryan, She's the what most is wrong with you? Human being. I'm you know, but yeah. So. So, uh, yeah. So, she, anyway, they're trying to make her Meg Ryan. She does not live up to the no. Meg Ryan. Yeah, she's like, if, like, yeah, a Meg Ryan trapped in a Susan Sarandon body is what they really that wanted. That is exactly what I'm saying. But, yeah, no, no. She she but, does not live up to the, to the thing. No, so, this was, no. my, this was my observation. Yeah. That and so, so, basically, let's go back to the baseball. Because what we got now is we, we're, we're, we're heading for the first game of the season. And they do a little montage. And, uh, they, yeah, they do a little montage of everyone getting prepared. And my favorite moment yes, in this montage is... Fucking Pedro Serrano shaving his head with a Bowie knife. It's a Bowie, kni- Bowie knife. It's a Bowie knife. I, well, actually, I think the I always call the knives Bowie knives, but I call it's it David Bowie. David, even though David Bowie it's is a even David though, Bowie knife. Even though David Bowie picked his name after the knife, mm-hmm. you know, because it had that wonderful mm-hmm. stabby quality yes, to it. It does. It stabs. But I always I always call it a Bowie knife. Stabby. Because I think his I think the name is actually Bowie, like the the American name, but Bowie was what the you know. stabby. Stabby. No. Stabby knife. Stabby the ghost. <laughs> Stabby the knife. Okay. Um, so anyway, I was really excited to see the uke next. Like Bob Uecker! Like, like, because first of all, because Harry Doyle is another of my favorite characters in this movie, because Harry Doyle is <clears throat> like, well, first of all, he's kind of Bob Uecker, but he's also, I feel like he's Bob Uecker doing Harry Carey. Yeah, he's mixed. He's you know, because he's got like the, because he's got he like the. the plaid. He, he, he drinks a lot. Yeah. I don't, Uecker wears a lot of plaid. Too. Does I think he? I think Euchre, but I mean Euchre is himself the Brewers announcer yeah. on the radio, and 
like Brewer, like he's a game caller. Like you, you, you know, he's a like uh, he was a former he was a former baseball player who's like famously mediocre and not not very good at baseball, you know, which kind of like you know like in the like he he basically came to national prominence and fame like like because like doing a lot of like ads for Miller Lite and then he was in Mr. Belvedere of course, you know. But I don't think he ever set out to be an actor. Right. But he is the perfect guy to have as like the. He does a really good job. Well, because he's well, he is a baseball announcer. He's, he's basically another playing, one cast very well in this. Well, role. he's basically playing himself, you know, right. except himself as a much harder drinker. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like they they amp him up in a nice way. He does a really good job. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, and, and, there, and he, there's a color guy with him. That I don't even think he's ever given a name. Yeah. Or if he is, it's like a in color passing. Guy? The color commentator. Oh, the color commentator. Yeah, the color guy next to like, him. It is. sounded like you said something he, he else, and I was like, like "Honey, you, I no, not a colored guy." That's what it sounded like you said. So oh, like, he's what? colored. No, no, this is white. Yeah, this guy's I, mean, white. I mean, I know you're southern. This guy looks like, just obnoxious. This guy looks. Shut up. <laughs> this guy looks like Joe Latrulio, but like, yeah. Like, I, and I, if you don't know who that is, uh, well, it's not funny to you. But like, he honestly got it so much like you that Joe Latrulio. Which is, this is years before the state, so there's no way it is, and it it, it isn't obviously, but like it, like it, it, he's and like the running gag is of course like he is the you of this podcast, yes. In that every time he tries to talk, like euchre kind of just shuts him back up. Yes, that's correct. You know, so uh, that makes me the euchre of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and of course he's drink, and of course he's drinking Miller Lite. Because that was like the womp, bo- womp. because he was this well one he was always like he did all those taste great less filling commercials this is true in the eighties and also he you know it's the, he's a brewer's announcer you know those Miller people they know you know so you can't um, see it but I'm actually flipping off the uh, the Miller company right yeah, now they make the worst beer really um, and I don't drink beer but the yeah. beer that I've had of Miller it, yeah so um, basically so we get back to uh, like we get back to uh, like. Tom Berenger makes a phone call to that number, finds out it's not the right number. Um, then we see, we, we, we cut to Tom Berenger going to the world's most crowded library. How does he find her? That's the thing that I don't I, understand. It's never explained. I, I, I was thinking that same thing. Like, he, like, he's come to her place of work. But, but he, how do we know I mean, that he maybe, he, maybe he already knew she worked there. I mean, that's weird. But but the thing is, he called a play that number, and it was a professional place. It was a place of work, and they're like, no. But so anyway, anyway he comes up, and this is where, okay, Remember when I asked whatever happened to Rene Russo? This is when I realized, oh yeah, she's a terrible actress. That's what happened to her. Y'all, dude. Y'all, dude. Like it is, it, like she is bad. I wrote it again. I said, baseball movies, poor woman Susan Sarandon. I actually wrote that down here. Except again, Susan Sarandon actually can act. That's my point. She can't, it's like they wanted Susan Sarandon and they couldn't get her. So they were like, well... Renee Russo's available. Yeah, I know, but like, there's so many people they could have picked. No so shit. many people. I don't know who's. I, I mean, I know that Meg Ryan probably couldn't have been cloned. She was probably oh, busy Meg. making when Harry met Sally. Oh, you Meg know, Ryan. but but by the same, but you know, I like her. So yeah, like basically, we have a little comedy scene where he's following her around, being a creepy stalker, and uh, like she ends up like basically like. She talks about the fact that like you know like the reason they like they fell apart like oh, not o- not only like not only like. Yeah, like she had different dreams than him, but also he was cheating on her a lot. Yeah, duh. You know, and, he, and they talked about this like stewardess or whatever that he was with, or like, and he was like, "Look, she said she had a better body than you. Bet that she had a better body than you, and I, I had to prove her wrong." Which is, 
you know, and she blew like, and she blows up with my body was obviously better than hers, but you know, and everyone just turns like, then <laughs> that's where you like the, the world's most crowded library. Cause like there are millions of Did people in like every stack. This whole scene, this scene was so boring to me. I only remembered so it because bad. everyone exploded. And I'm like, how are there so many fucking people in this library? Like I mean, I've been to a lot of libraries, a lot of big libraries, and like, yeah, there are people in libraries, but it's not like wall to wall, no, everywhere in like just the stacks. Only at like a, you know when that happens. And there was no computer center in this I was library. About to say, the only time it happens is in a is it is it a college library right before finals? Then you have everybody in the damn library. Right, and exactly. That's it. You know what? But it's established that basically she used to be an athlete, but she retired from sports. Uh, you find out later she's a swimmer. But um, God, but like they had nothing else in common. We, we had nothing else in common. She went and got her degree, and she works in a library now, and that's her that's her passion. She's is, been trying to get him to read Moby Dick. Yeah, that's like the most important thing about this fucking movie. It's like yeah. stupid. Side note: Moby Dick is a much more interesting book than people give it credit for. Yes. Okay. So, anyway, um, then we go back to the clubhouse, which is way more interesting. Yeah, and this is where we learn that basically they've been winning more games than they wanted. Yeah. Like they haven't. Then they meant to. Then like no. Then then they're meant to. Yeah. Like and so so the owner is so the owner is all pissed off. You know like she you know Rachel Phelps. Rachel Phelps is pissed. Yeah. She's just absolutely pissed off. You know and she's talking to her GM who whose name escapes me but he's that guy with the weird creepy smile and the crew cut. Um, Yes. He has a tattoo on his arm too. He does. He looks like he could be a white supremacist in a wrong movie. Yeah, yeah, he would definitely be one of Schillinger's guys in Oz. Yes, he was one of Schillinger's guys in Oz. I swear to God, he he wasn't, but he was. He wasn't, but he was. He could have been. And but like he like, and, and, and he's like and he by the way he just, is shooting Maylox the same amount that Bob Uecker's character is drinking. I want to just take a quick pause here, just because you brought up Schillinger's you know crew. I just have to just put a shout out. He's never going to listen to this podcast, but he needs to know how much I like am obsessed with him. J.K. Simmons, if you ever listen to this podcast, why would he ever do that? I don't care. I'm obsessed with you, and I think you're amazing. I'm done. We can move okay, on. Okay, good, good. Okay, J.K. Uh, Simmons I guess, is amazing. Yeah, and I've it, always had that feeling about him. You know, the, the, I can't take him seriously though because he's just kidding. I I will kill. <laughs> I will turn this podcast Hi. off. I am my father's son. Jesus. <laughs> so. Yeah. I you guys, like, this is what I live with. I'm sorry for all so, of you. So basically, we learned. So, so Phelps has decided she is going to like punish them for their success by right. like making sure that it's even harder for them. So, so she starts cutting corners. Their their private jet. She says that they've been too spoiled. They've been too spoiled. So they like basically she turns off their hot water. She's a and person. they their private jet moves from being like a Boeing seven fifty seven or whatever to this like this to a prop plane. plane. As I like, I honestly said like 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 it, it, like I was wondering, are they, are they flying on the Memphis Bell? <laughs> you know, they have like their their seats are duct taped. They're like it's in rain. It's terrible. Yeah, it's like terrible there's thing. actually a joke later where like where like where the guys repairing the propeller with duct tape. Duct tape. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you know, it, it's you know and. Like and uh, you know, like there's a lot of like scenes of them like giving each other hell in the plane. You know, mm. nothing really exciting there. You know, oh, and <laughs> yeah, like uh, there's a back. There's some there's some stuff that happens, but then it goes back to them flying in the plane during a storm. Yes. And I shit you not, that is a sound. Of, there's a special effect right out of the goddamn 30s, like the storm, the plane flying in the lightning and everything. Oh, yeah. It looks like something. Actually, it looks like something from Young Frankenstein. Yes. It like like it just looks like a photo of a plane being moved around yeah. with like lightning scratches drawn on the film. I mean, it's like it's a uh, what's his name Ed. Um, Ed Wood. Ed Wood. It's well, Ed it's Wood. I know it's not. It's, it's not. It's, Ed Wood. it's better than Ed Wood, but it's not, But it's it's pushing into Roger Corman territory. Yeah, like Corman it's not quite. Movie. You know. 
But during that time, we learned basically that uh, Berenger is reading Moby Dick in comic, in book, comic form, book form. You know, which is funny because he manages to answer a lot of questions later in the movie. So that must have been a really good comics adaptation. Um, I don't know how they managed to get so much of Moby Dick through in, in into like forty eight pages or twenty four pages or however long it is. And but going back to the GM, he real he finally let, lets it out that what's going on right now is that they're being basically sandbagged, and the whole idea is that she doesn't. She, he he relays the story of what's going on with Rachel Phelps to Lou Brown and tells the manager like, "Hey, you basically aren't supposed to win this game. You were basically brought in." Yeah designed to lose so lou brings it to the team and says i need you know the clubhouse and he's like are you guys need to know what the heck's going on here yeah and yeah that's right bear and berenger's like well we only got one thing we can do win, win, the, whole win the whole fucking thing, thing. so before you know, we go into this next cla- moment, which is a classic line right, right before we go into this next point which i'm i have a lot to say about i want to back up and say she did come to the clubhouse so they've met her they meet her she's and she's there, and they're all like naked because they're all mad yeah. because they're. And, she, and there's a scene where she's point. really shitty, and like, and, and the manager comes out and yells at her, you know, like, and he's, and, totally, and he's totally naked, and she's like, you know, you want to get a towel, and he's like, you know, like we don't have any, and I'm not, I'm not about to dig through someone's locker. Yeah. I'm too old to you go know? through the locker. TikTok is done. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wind up my brain right now in order to get me to move. Manager smash. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but and and she she walks around and basically sexually harasses all the players. It's really awful. Which I I I I'm. Glad glad they put that scene in because while it's still no justification for some of the gross sexism that happens later it is nice to know that she is kind of shitty yes like and i don't just mean shitty and that she's doing something underhanded she's also treating her players like, like they're piece of meat like the, like she owns them sexually yes that's property and it's terrible you know it's gross you know so, so like, okay so jumping forward again so, so we, then we get to uh the tom Bar- the next thing i have is tom berenger's uh this is we extend the romantic subplot a bit no no no, no. We have to talk about when he says the only thing we can do is win, and then what they do next, right before that, is they, they find a full-length... Oh, does that happen here? Oh, I thought yes, it, was it happens right away. I, I could have sworn it happened uh-uh. later, but okay. They get a, they get a full-size like, like cutout of her. Oh, I somehow didn't write anything about that. That's why. Yeah. That's why. It says, like, this team stinks or you stink yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and, and, and it's, a, it's a picture of her, and she's in, like, a leopard print dress. And the idea and he is says, that... I every- figured out... Because at this point, they were 60 and 62... Or sixty and sixty one. So okay. they're, they're you, you can you can finish telling it. You no, I'm just saying this part, like, because it's clear. I, like, I knew that, it's, but no, still, the audience doesn't. I know. I was going to read it though. Oh, you have that. Yeah, you actually have that in your notes. Yes, I, do. I don't know what you have in your notes. You, so it's like have, a blank have, piece of paper. They with, have to win, with I heart J K Simmons written on it. <laughs> they have to win thirty two like, more games. Yeah, I've done the math, and it looks like we've already done game win. And every time they win a game from this point forward, they're going to peel a section off of this. Yeah. Cutout that apparently takes off this leopard print outfit yeah. to it, reveal her right. underneath. And, okay. Right, yeah, like so the little magnetic just, pieces. Okay, so let's have a moment. He's got a lot of time making that. They really did. It's and a lot of money. Some local print shop was like, holy crap, okay, can we do so, that? Yeah, so mm-hmm. so um, all these little puzzle pieces on her body, which, again, she's an evil person. She does sexually harass the guys. I get it. Yeah. But, like, it still is really sexist. Oh, actually, you're wrong because... I have it written, and I have like ninety notes before that. Well, we'll come but back. we'll go. We'll come back. But I just so found it. I did. Actually, I wrote it. I wrote, I wrote thirty-two wins. Peel of sexism. Yeah, yeah. There's actually quite a bit that goes uh, before that. Well, you can uh, talk about the other. Let, so first of all, like this is where we get to ta- like. But it's disgusting. Is yeah. basically I don't know how you've forgotten the most awkward scene in the movie because we got to build it. I honestly couldn't even like write about it. it was yeah. So, so um, so 
basically we learn like he's like I don't know what to do. She won't talk to me and whatever. And though and like some for some he straight, being Taylor, her being Renee Russo's yeah, character. Yeah, Tom Berenger. I said Tom Berenger. I didn't hear. So, that. Yeah, so Tom Berenger's like trying to get to see Renee Russo, and he's uh, he. I can't remember who he talks to about it. Was it the manager? Someone basically says you Willie just hang Ma- out. Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, well, you know, I guess Wesley Snipes can get away with being a creepy stalker, but Tom Berenger can't. <laughs> you know, because Wesley, like Wesley Snipes was young and cute then. You know, Tom Berenger's an old, beat-up sock with floating lips that make lightsaber noises. So, you know, um, but basically we get this stalk. His lips are we, perfect. We get this. <laughs> understand how a lip can have a perfect quaff but that's still perfect it does what you said is beautiful so well. they are they're, they're perfectly quaff lips he's, <laughs> I, I think he's using white lipstick on it or something uh they're beautiful uh but so we get this scene where basically we hear anna's reverie from anna and the infinite power oh while <laughs> while he stalks it's the worst 80s song ever yeah it's not really it's just some it's piano so it's just some it's some plinky noodly piano it's like so like it's so it's so cloying and self-serious. And literally, like you, if you notice the incidental music, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you're it's doing so it bad. Wrong. And it, like, he basically Ugh. he's stalking her. Basically, yeah. he's, yes. he follows he's her home. Stalking her. Well, he, but he thinks it's home, and he just comes in. He's like, he just, I no. He goes and drinks a beer at a local Denny's, and then it comes back. Does he? I don't yes. remember that. Oh my yes. god, yeah. Because we see a shot of him through. Wait, like, Denny sells beer. <laughs> I don't think Denny. I don't think Denny sells looks like beer. like a Denny's or an Applebee's. It was we see him through the slatted blind. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he and comes then he, back in and he like pushes the six and he goes. Oh yeah, no, he, yeah, he's, he's he's hiding to see what floor she goes. Right, to. right. He runs in right after her so he can see what floor the. Right, but then he leaves at. and decides to go. Then he yeah, and he back. comes back. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get it now. And then he, but he shows up and he, like she's like, "What are you doing?" Because he just walks in. He just walks in, like, and it's the penthouse. Yeah, like like first of all. One thing I, I I have to say, neither Renee Russo or or her or fiance, as it turns out, because this is actually his house, you know, knows how to lock a front door. Well, and no, or no. either that or Tom Berenger, as I wrote in my notes later, Tom Berenger loves breaking and entering. Well, and, he does this like three times right, in the movie. But I think it might actually be one of those situations where the elevator actually goes into their home. Maybe, but then but there's got to be if that's the case, it's got to be a private elevator with a lock. That's that you don't just have elevators that open. Yes, that's true. You have to have a key to mm-hmm. like to get to that. So you know, so maybe they like, unlocked it because they were having company. Maybe, but that seems unlikely. I'm making the logic. Why are you making this logical? Because you're gonna like it, it. It's obvious that Tom Berenger's gonna break in wherever. You can't. Doors he do is, not stop Taylor him. Taylor is the B and E of this movie. Doors man. do not stop him. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing stops Nothing him. Stops him. He's a machine. Even his bad knees. Nothing stops even him. Even those <laughs> those knees don't even lips. stop him. No, his lightsaber lips don't stop him. <laughs> Nothing stops him. You know the only thing that can stop him? A chapping and drying of those lips. <laughs> but, uh, he never chaps or dries. But anyway, so we're going in, and, and, and I'm going to say this. If, if Hollywood has taught me anything, anything, it is that rich people love to gather in groups and listen to Ina Klein and Nacht music. Yes. <laughs> That's, you know, like going in, it's like, dun, dun. You know, like it's just fucking Ina Klein and Ock music, like all up on's the joint, and uh, and and it's just, it, there's like six people having white wine and 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 probably mini keys. And they're all the like really excited to talk to Tom Berenger because he. They well, wait, well, uh, what happens is Renee Russo's like, um, this is what are you my doing? House. Like you can go, you know, and 
And he's like, yeah, I should go. And then like her, her fiance, who they have to set up being kind of an asshole yes. to make it like worthwhile for him to be defeated. That's yes. the standard rule. Yes. Because it like when it, it so he always, decides to embarrass him, basically. Yeah, and he's like, no, he'll stay here, you know. Like, he's a professional athlete. And, and there's the joke of, you know, like the joke of, oh, like, who do you play for, you know. And he's like, I play for the Cleveland Indians. Oh, does Cleveland still have a baseball it's like team? So it's like, shut up, you. Stupid. Shut up. You know, like. I love that they act like they're so goddamn, like, New York posh, and they're in fucking Cleveland. Like, let's just be honest here. It's yeah. bullshit. I know. It's a little, it's a little ridiculous. A little but, ridiculous. But, yeah, there's this, you know, like – there's basically like it's it's one of the most awkward scenes in the movie, and it's just unbearable. And there's it's just, long and unbearable and over yeah over long and yeah and it, like it, unbearable. The big thing is that like it comes out of it is and, the, like, and all I was watching were the lips. The moving. big thing, the big thing that comes out of this, <laughs> other than his lips, are that like is that asshole rich lawyer boyfriend of Rene Russo has kind of put him on the spot about what he would do with himself after. after and uh, and Berenger basically says, you know, I, I had this plan of getting married, going to Hawaii, getting married, having a couple of kids. The kids would become like Olympic swimmers and the 200 meter freestyle or whatever it was. And it turns out like, weren't you an athlete too? To Rene Russo. It's like, yes, I did the 200 meter freestyle or whatever, you know. So like it like it's obvious that like, you know, like it's obvious to everyone in the room that like this is a weird creepy. Dogs knew. Yeah. So this weird, creepy moment, and he leaves, and the and the lawyer rightfully says, like, stay the hell away from her. Yeah. You know, like, she's fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, because I don't know if it's come up at this point, but, like, basically she tells him she's going to get married to this guy yeah. on October 3rd. Yes. And this is back when October baseball actually was, uh, you know. Was a thing. Like, well, there was a division, so no, that makes sense. No, no, no. I mean, as opposed to, like, November baseball, this would be, like, World Series yes. playoffs time. Well, it was, uh, it was division. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, like, Back then, there was only two divisions, so there was no division series. It was right. just the championship series and then the World Series. So World Series games were still in October, though. That's true. That makes sense. So so anyway, going back, we get to the point with um, with Vaughn. Yes. We go back to uh, – and the manager has taken, has taken Charlie Sheen aside and being like, you know, uh, you're really good, but your control you – know, we've been trying to give you all these chances – you know, you've got all this talent, but you're screwing us. Yeah. You know. Why are you taking notes now? I'm not taking notes. I'm, I'm doodling. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you're taking notes on what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I'm, really, I'm really interested in what you're saying. Thin, villainous, lip, warm, 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 warm. I told you they're not thin. White chapstick, warm, warm, gravel voice. Beige, warm, warm. So, so anyway, uh, manager McGravel voice with his Nietzsche mustache comes in and says, you know, like basically he shows him a pad with words written on it and he can't see. So they And it, they set it up really well because it feels like he's about to just knock him down to the ma- to the minors. Yeah, and it Do turns out Do you feel out, that way? Yeah, like, well yeah. that's obviously it's like the bit like they're setting up like that visit but they're like we're going to try something. So they give him, and this is kind of strange because they kind of just give him a pair of glasses. Yeah. For him to use and I don't know if anyone out there other than me and Allie has prescription eyewear. Oh my God, for sure but you can't is. just pick a random pair of glasses and have them like improve your vision. You I know, if I like if, if Allie and I switch glasses, we would be blinder than we would be otherwise. I think what happened is they basically were like, We need a we need a fixed stat, don't care what the lenses are. I guess, like, but it's the, like it's not seems... what the lenses are, but the frames are. So you just like throw them together. But even getting the get... lenses, like you well, know, we like, have an optometrist. I get a team optometrist. A team optometrist. <laughs> okay. But anyway, he ends up with these glasses and he says these are only temporary, right? And they look like, you know, like he's dressed they, in 
Okay. I'm Let's gonna say it right now, uh, it's kind of like hipster Vaughn here. You guys. That's a hippo Vaughn reference. Got, if anyone you is you guys, uh, playing at you home, guys, and Sophia you guys, Sophia from the Golden Girls, <laughs> loaned him her glasses. Yeah, for he's this got these game. enormous, enormous like like old lady glasses on, uh, but he does better with them. Yeah, he can and, play. Like he can actually play, and um, um, what the hell? It's all it's all good, sweetie. You I'm just trying to figure out what I had to say here. It's really fun to watch. It's like you evil cold water. Evil cold water. Is this when they cut the water off? I thought I thought that was long before then. What water? The cold water when they but I that can't be it. No, you you that's back before. I think you missed a whole bunch. Of stuff. Oh no, I think oh no no I'm saying Dorn it's it's a uh, Dorn Dorn is an evil old bastard maybe. Sure. Because that's probably when he's being a shithead. Oh, that's when Berenger goes and meets with him. Yeah, and it, like oh yeah, like basically you find out that like like like. Even though uh, Berenger has told Charlie Sheen that no, no one's trying to tank your tank the plays yeah. against you, and but it turns out like that he goes to talk to Corbin Burnson and it turns out he's like kind of dogging it because he doesn't care. And this is really because he is, won't like actually lean into the to the yeah he game. won't actually dive for balls or yeah. go for things. It's, it's he's afraid of like hurting his face or yeah, something. Yeah, and but the weirdest thing about this is his argument that he ends up giving to Berenger is that he he's a free agent at the end of this year. And he's going to just get a paycheck with somebody else, and it doesn't matter, and why should I play well for this shitty team? But that completely negates the whole philosophy of free agency, because usually in baseball, the whole thing is you have, a, you, have, you have your out year, you know, like, you know, like it's your last year. It's like that's the year that everyone always has these magically high numbers. Yeah. Because what you're you're hustling your ass off so that they look at your last season and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, this guy's really good. We got to sign him for a lot of money." Right. You know, so it's ridiculous that he'd be tanking himself this year because if he's going out on the market, he's going out and people are gonna be like, "Wow, you were really bad this year." And he like, what's he gonna do? Like, ah, oh, well, this team was shitty, so I didn't try. Like, that's not how it works. Right. So it's it's like it's the logic does not make sense at all, you know. But um. But, so. We, we we cut back like he's like basically Behringer's like I will fucking like kick your ass like you know if you if you if you don't play well you know and well, let's jump back to the new glasses that he gets afterwards Sheen well I mean I mean those glasses don't show up again for quite a while because he doesn't really pitch for a while that's true he like, gets his time off yeah so he bullpens um, it for a bit yeah well I, it's not that he bullpens it for a bit it's he just they kind of like they, like yeah I, you know I actually thought he was the closer because I was only remembering the end of this movie by the right. way like and then I'm like oh no he's a starting pitcher um who they call in to close later yeah like but um this is the, this is the part whenever we get some more weird stalking from from oh Tom Bear from Tom Berenger and and this is where like he does another breaking and entering and the music set to it is and I am so sad to like I because when I heard this I was like what is this shitty shitty like it's like sounds like some shitty adult contemporary uh like got rando heard Rob Rod Stewart's terrible cover of Tom Waits's Downtown Train and said this is what I'm gonna base my whole career on yeah and it turns out it's Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers yeah and it breaks my fucking heart that one of the Righteous Brothers like this song is so bad and so cloying and so just you know, I can't even remember what it's called or how it sounds. Who other cares? than it's just, it's just got these. It's just this so. Jenny B mama. would like be so offended. She'd actually read a whole freaking like angry letter. Is she, is, is she a particular? Well, she just gets offended of... by by bad music. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, she's well, Jenny B. Well, yeah. Like like me, she's married to someone who listens to awful things, and you know, it's it's hard when you have good taste. 
and you know your spouse listens to terrible things. Jenny B doesn't even listen to this, by the way, and nobody knows her who does. <laughs> so whatever. But uh, but anyway, so we get back to Berenger loves breaking and entering because this time he's broken into Renee Russo's actual house. Mm. He's finally found her real house. Mm. Uh, is this when he follows her with the bullpen car? Yes. Yeah, because she comes to the game. Comes to the game. She comes to the game. She sees her leave, and he follows her, and he's like, "I need, I need a car. My car's on the other side." He asks the security guard that. And he's like, "Use the bullpen car." So this, he basically follows her over to what is essentially a golf cart with a baseball around it, wearing a Cleveland Indians hat. Yeah. You know. Like it would not. So anyway, she goes and talks to him, and like, there's this whole like discussion. He goes to talk to her, and he's like, he's really lays it on strong and he kind of imposes on her in a way that makes me uncomfortable makes everybody uncomfortable but she obviously is into that because they they end up they end up making out even though she says like you know this isn't going to change anything I'm going to get married but like the important thing the important thing on this is how fucking gross the foleying is on this part yeah because it is just these slurpy slop it sounds like someone eating clams like oysters on the half shell <laughs> like just slurping oysters out of out of out of their shells is like <laughs> stop it Stop. Like, maybe like maybe like someone eating like a really really sour lemon while gargling it's just it's disgusting it is, it is so bad. But he ends up waking up in her 80s wicker bed. Yes. Which, holy shit, is that an 80s, 80s wicker bed? 80s wicker bed. Because in the 80s, all we wanted was it to be Miami 24-7. And this is where the sexism happens, by yes. the way. This is where the peel-off montage happens. Yeah. Oh, no, the peel-off thing. And then the montage. And this is where everyone's trying to win. Yeah. And the, and they're actually oh, starting no, to play better. No, this is the thing. That's where they actually start to play. But he talks about he he introduces it early. No, I know. No, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. It's sexism peel off is what I wrote. Right. And then we have a montage where they start winning and they start peeling it off. Yeah. You know, and it's gross. And you know, it, it's very gross. Doesn't even matter. You know, it's disgusting. And then I swear to God, uh, you know, and when I mentioned that this is when I realized the janitor from Scrubs was there. But then I swear to God, my next note is seriously stop breaking in, Tom. Because he's bro- this is when he breaks into her house a third time and she's moved out already. She said she was moving out. Sheen moving. also is um, this is what I wrote. Sheen gets new glasses and they're these big thick like black glasses. They're super hipster glasses, except this is literally what I wrote. Sheen is knocking off Walter's look. <laughs> they're even thicker than mine. But also, also, and I did not realize this until the last scene, and I didn't remember this. They are like bad boy glasses because in between his eyes. Like at the there's bridge of his nose, there's a skull and crossbones, and on the arms of the glasses, there's daggers. Bad to the bone. They're Bowie knives, if Bowie, you will. Bowie, Bowie knives. Bowie knives. So. Um, Bowie. Bowie. So basically, this the is Indians. Bowie to Bowie. This is Bowie to Bowie. He has Bowie knives to uh, Bowie knives. Allie, Allie, we need to move on. <laughs> I, I, that was more Tim Curry. Allie. It was a little Tim Curry. Oh, Allie, we have to move on. It was a little bit. <laughs> um, it was so. A good try there. So they win enough games that they're 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 they they're building up to like a one game playoff. One game playoff with against the hated Yankees, who the Yankees have been the only team to really get Cleveland's number. And uh, there's what's his name that dude with the big was the number five 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 one nine three four. Yes, it was. Then that dude with the Fu Manchu plays for the Yankees. Oh, who, like he's the, he's the he's he's hit a home run uh, every time Vaughn's faced him. He's hit a home run. Yes, he like, beats, he always he always hits off of Vaughn no matter what. He always hits off of Vaughn. Even though Vaughn can uh, yeah. see now with his yeah. with his with his wolf yeah. glasses. <coughs> yeah, Vaughn still uh, at one point delivers a meatball <laughs> to him. You know, even though he has 
even though he has Taylor in his ear with his venomous lips. They'll leave his face like a wall. Wow, no one even is following you because you're laughing so hard. They might, you might as well just be going for for all the for all the sense that you're making right now. I I understand you, but I'm also getting nonverbal cues. So um, so anyway, they they get to the point where the the Indians are going to be playing the Yankees in a one game playoff, a runoff. Yeah, you're just he she's holding. And laughing so hard she can't talk. She's waving her fingers like a like a Muppet without like a Muppet that's just a hand, <laughs> waving her fingers at her ears like it's. I guess it's Tom Berenger talking to Charlie Sheen is what she's trying to say. But right, like all the words they're coming out is. <laughs> you know, so um, so at this point you see the Indians being interviewed. Like on screen on on TV, um, oh, you get some some more. Like we've ignored like the awful like throughout the movie. We, I haven't written it down, but throughout the movie, there's been a lot of like really shitty comments it's about the, like like scout the Indians scalp scalping the sco- people. The socks. They scalp the socks. They you know tribe trounces the twins. They're going to the happy hunting ground and terrible. all that. And, like and and there's all you know the 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 like that the par- like the real life drum guy. I don't think that was him, but like there's like these people dressed up and around the drum dress. Like all, they're all white, of course, in red face. Euchre makes a, a comment that's like, "Oh, that one's off the reservation." Yeah, like, really and, shitty stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and later on, and I don't know if this is a real thing, but the audience when they're cheering is like. Yeah, it's awful. They're it's doing like the so war awkward, you guys. Like, you just cannot. Yeah, it's like I, 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 I. Some of this stuff happens after the point we're describing, but I just wanted to go ahead and say it now and get it out of the way. Uh, it's really gross, Cleveland, and I would seriously, if you drop oh, this racism, God, I would gladly root for y'all to win I would soon. Too. But it is too. this is gross. It's I think gross. the reason you haven't won is because of this shit. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it, it's gross. It's Moving really on. fucking gross. You know. So, um, so anyway, uh, Dorn. Dorn. His wife is watching, and she sees him in the background flirting with a woman and walking out a door with her, like yep. into a hotel room it or is something. Nastiest. And she's like, "What?" And so what happens is she ends up approaching the wild. Thing. I have to just give her credit. This is the ultimate revenge yeah. moment. It's a very Cindy Sandberg thing to do, uh, you know. And it, she, Ryan Sandberg's wife. Oh, Ryan the Sandberg's rumor wife. has it she may have slept with quite a few of the rumor Cubs. Supposedly, it. the Cubs traded. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh shoot, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, uh, Rafael Palmero. Oh, Supposedly, of this? they traded him uh, because he had slept with. Like that's the rumor. I don't know if it's true. Uh, I will not. I will not declare her. that it's definitely true. If, if Ryan Sandberg was doing what this. No, he wasn't though. Oh. I, I, oh well, I, then no. Then no, it's not. No, no. Okay. Supposedly, she was just like. Yeah, the, that's the rumor. But I, I don't know if it's 100 percent true. So I'm not. I'm. I, I, I'm. I'm saying it as she I don't was know. Lying the Cubs. Yeah. Lying the. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Can we stop there? So anyway, basically, she approaches. She approaches Vaughn at the bar. He's drinking a beer, and she basically, all that says, "I want to have sex with you," and he he says, "Check, please." And so. But she. He doesn't know who she is. He doesn't know who she is. Yeah. No. He. Yeah, he, he, he thinks she's like, some random check. And uh, so he wakes. They wake up the next morning, and and she's like, "Oh, by the way," she's getting dressed and having to go. And she's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm Suzanne or Susan Dorn." Cindy. Cindy Dorn. Whatever it was. Uh, you know. And he's like, he looks at her like, and she's like, "My husband is Roger Dorn," and she, and he's like, "Oh shit." 
Yeah. And then she leaves out the door. This is the best thing. Yeah. She leaves and she says hi to Tom <laughs> Berenger, who's sitting on the couch or whatever there. Who's in my, the fridge. Or in the fridge. And all I can think is, did Tom Berenger break into <laughs> Wild Things' house too? <laughs> like, he's just, ro- he's just like stealing things from his fridge because are they really roomies? Like, they wouldn't be roomies. He just like shows up anywhere. He's like, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, all right. He's making the league minimum and he admits it, but the league minimum is enough to get a fucking apartment in Cleveland. I'm telling you that right now. You know, like it's absolutely ridiculous, and uh, yeah. So, so she leaves, and he's like, and 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 he goes in like, like what? The, and he's like, I didn't know she was, and yeah. like the, the the you know, so they know it's trouble. Yeah. The, the, this so last the big game, game is tomorrow. You know, and and obviously she goes immediately to uh, to Corbin Burns says, guess what I did? Yeah. You know, and uh, and then you don't. And see he's what like, his and yet. he's like, you know, pissed off. I made a face. But you don't really see his response. And so it's the last day. It's the last game of the year. Everyone's getting prepped. Everyone's freaking out. Uh, Serrano, like Wesley Snipes, goes to Verringer and is like, and tell, and and talks to the lightsaber lips and says, like, basically, I, you know, like we got a problem, you know, like Serrano is like trying to up the ante here, so he's, oh shit, I gotta go backwards because we're gonna talk about Jobu. We gotta go back a bit. Uh, sometime during the montage, Harris, oh, yeah. Harris is mad at, uh, is mad at Serrano, uh, you know, for being such oh, a heathen, yeah. and he's he basically decides to drink. Jobu, because like because he, 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 he's gonna do a prayer and like Serrano like does like a like makes like a, a, like fireworks come out of like lights his, uses a cigar it, like it, distracts him and it turns off the speed sets off the the, the sets off the sprinklers and, and like he's like like they're wet. enemies like yeah. like and so Harris decides to drink Jobu's rum before the game and he's like going out like Jobu better better get some more rum whatever and as he's saying that uh, someone in batting practice like lets go of their bat it flies and hits him. And he's like, "Oh God, I really am cursed." So at this point, the day of the day of the game, you see him pitching. Like he's warming up. He's the he's the pitcher. Oh, and uh, oh, that's the other thing. Tom Brown has gone. Lou Brown has gone to um, has gone to Vaughn, the wild to Vaughn, to the wild thing, and says, "You are not pitching. You are you know, in the like, rotation. You're, but you're like, not. well, put. I'm like, it's like this isn't a. You, know, you help the skid here, but like, Harris has more experience. You know, he's, he's he's had better luck against the Yankees because the Yankees have killed Vaughn every time, and." And so Vaughn's like, oh shit, you know, and and so but anyway, Harris is the starting pitcher that day, and you see him like warming up, and Joe Boo's at his feet, it's like apparently he's converted. Yep. You know, so so he like, and so he he gets ready, uh, you know, like, and and oh, and then uh, this is this is this has got to be offensive on some level, like they instead of a live chicken, which I guess is more of a Santeria thing than a voodoo thing, yep. but um, instead of a live chicken, he gets a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken to sacrifice. Um, and uh, and as they're like getting ready and they're all like getting ready to go, Serrano, just keeping on the Serrano thing, um, he's sitting there and he's like you know, he's kind of praying or whatever. And all of a sudden, you you can hear a fly kind of right by him, and he doesn't even look. He just reaches back and he's just like catches he, the yeah, fly. Yeah, he like Miyagi's the fly. He, little Mister Miyagi Miyagi's that fucking fly, and it's yeah, gone. It's, it's pretty it's sweet moment. And so anyway, we get to the game. It's like. It's an exciting, like, well, it's actually, it's it's a pitcher's duel for most of it. It's, like, scoreless through, like, six. Harris Harris ends up giving giving up two runs. Yes. Because because the, the I can't remember his name, but he's the main, like, he's been, like, kind of the, the thorn in, on Vaughn's side. Yeah. He hits a, a two-run home run. And then um, and then we get, um, uh, I can't remember who gets on, but basically, oh, Corbin Burnson gets on, slap, slaps a, a line drive single. Yeah. On, and, uh. Oh, and, and by the way, Vaughn has been shunted away to the bullpen. 
like really quickly so that he like that so that he doesn't run into Corbin Burns. Right, because the because they're like this is going to be a big fight. fight. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a problem. Basically, he's going to find out that you slept with his wife. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, he knows, and he's going to beat the shit out of you. And like, she's obviously like playing playing games with you like with this. So, um, but Corbin Burns and slaps a single, and then it's uh, and then it's uh, Serrano's turn, and Serrano has struck out twice this game already on all curveballs, like three swing. Three swing strikeouts, curveball, curveball, curveball. He it, like he still can't hit the curve, and uh, he he goes down to two strikes, you know, and he walks away and he 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 basically looks up and like, you know, like basically says like Joe Boo, I've you know like I've been all this year I've been praying to you and I'm defending you, so that you will you know like you know like so that you will help me hit the curveball, and you haven't helped me, so I say fuck you Joe Boo, I do it myself. You know, which is the line I somehow always remembered from this movie. And he, he steps up uh, and like the guy throws a, throws this last curveball and Serrano hits it out, literally out of the park. As as you like, says, he Schwarber's the ball. Schwarber's the he ball. Schwarber's the well, ball. He doesn't he, say that. Euchre says it's out of the reservation. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I know. But I'm saying he literally hits it out, like it's out of the stadium. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. Like yeah, and it, like yeah, he basically uh, like he he Glen Allen hills it like all the way onto the Cleveland equivalent of Waveland to a rooftop. Yeah, like it is gone. Like you almost can. So hear, the game is now tied. You can almost hear Drew Carey's music. Cleveland rocks. Yeah. Well, it's actually, that that's actually Ian Hunter's music. Fine. <laughs> uh, I but, didn't um, know that, so I was yes. using Ian my Hunter. only frame He was of the reference. lead singer of Mott the Hoople who sang, uh, who sang <laughs> All the Young Dudes, written by David Bowie, to get it in a loop. Was that done in uh, 1974? And he also did, yeah, no, it was done in 1974. Oh. Uh, actually, 1972. Um, so anyway, uh, so the game is now tied, and I will say that that, that that Serrano home run, if it weren't for the fact he's also, he's always been a power hitter, but that Serrano home run is basically like Roger Davis uh, hitting the home run against the Cubs, and like the wind is out of the Yankees fan sails. Yes. You know, they've tied the game. And da-da-da-da. then the next inning is the inning, and this is weird because it's like the ninth inning at this point. And Harris know. has been in the entire time. And Harris has been in one. Harris has been in the whole time. That is so weird because it's not like he's pitching masterfully. You know, he's been saved by a lot of defensive stuff. You know, Willie Mays Hayes does an off the wall catch. You know, like he like runs up the wall and catches the ball. Um, and like, it, there's some great plays being done. And Corbin Burnson actually makes a lot of like makes some solid plays at third. You know, like which is unheard of for his character. But like for some reason, even though he's given up several hit, like seven or eight hits at this point. You know, he's left in to load the bases or put two people on. He's left in to put two to, to put two men on in the ninth inning before finally Lou goes to the bullpen. And weirdly enough, apparently Cleveland doesn't have a closer. Yeah. Like there's no closer on the team because instead of calling a closer like you would do right. at this point, he calls in Vaughn. Which is weird because here's the thing, even when they win this game, they've got to now play a championships they got to play the NLC uh, the ALCS pardon me because they're American League they're going to have to play the ALCS and they like and like they're basically using a, like they're 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 wasting a starting pitcher who would probably start the first game of that you maybe know? they feel like he's going but to I know but his pitches. his logic is well it's it's his stupid logic is well he's done terrible against this guy all year so he's due yeah it's like it's like what on earth like you know mm-hmm. it like like in the booth in a real baseball game, they'd be like, "What is he doing?" Yeah, you know, like fans are screaming, like Indians fans are screaming at their TVs. It works out okay in the end, though, because Vaughn actually ends up striking him out on fastballs. Yeah, and like you hear, like, and Barringer knows this this dude. They've been like friendly rivalry talk the entire season, 
you know? Yeah. But, like, basically, he's, like, he even says, like, we're going to throw fastballs every time, and he still misses. Yep. You know, and... Uh, so what does he do? He Carlton Fisks him? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Carlton. Well, I know Carlton Fisk did this kind of stuff, but, like, most most of the old catchers used to do this, and they probably still do. You know, just a lot of, like, just talking and cha- and, and chattering the to mess chatter. up, you know, to mess up, to mess up players. Uh, so, you know, basically, yeah... Like, first of all, like, like so, yeah, like, for some reason, we get to the bullpen, you know, in the ninth inning, which, like, is this 1928? <laughs> you know, like, right. what are we doing with these complete games, you know? And then, and, and, oh, and, uh, of course, when uh, he steps out, I mentioned it earlier, but when he actually steps out, they play X's cover of Wild Thing. Yes. And I'm really happy that X was getting the royalties from this. Yes. That's really cool, because X is a really good band, and if anyone doesn't listen to them, they should. They are awesome. Um, they, are, they are a great band. Uh, and uh, let's see. So, um, oh my God! And it, yeah, the last, the last. The, so basically, the, the movie's almost over. The uh, the Indians, the, the Indians are still tied. You guys are still with us. I'm impressed. Yeah. Wow, you're so. You have such little faith. Like you, you know what? We're good. Damn it! Like, don't listen to this negative Nancy here. <laughs> it's Debbie Downer. You know. Sorry, I'm I'm still stuck in in thin villainous Tom Berenger's lightsaber <laughs> lips right now. You know, you're getting two hours of us. So what? Anyway, happy uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's, it's free. Don't you're not say paying we never it. give you anything. Yeah. So, you know, like they're they're in the they're in the ninth inning. You know, the bottom of the ninth now because Wild Thing has shut them down, and uh, and now they have to score a run. Right. So Dorn comes in. Uh, well, first and foremost. Well, oh yeah, we, I forgot. I forgot to mention whenever when Wild Thing was up at the plate, Dorn came up to him, and Berenger's like, "Oh shit!" And he gets right in his face and says, "I don't only. I'm going to tell you one thing. Strike this motherfucker out, or yeah. whatever. You know, and uh, and then, but anyway, they're but they're they're now on the offensive side. Yes. And Willie Mays Hayes. Gets himself gets himself on base with a single. Yep, and uh, he's giving shit to the first baseman who, like, for some reason they like they, they, the Yankees have been drilled down to two players. There's yeah, a pitcher and their dudes. first baseman, you know, who you know is the like, <laughs> you know, is basically the the only people who provide any offense or do anything. Yeah, and um, and uh, he basically the first baseman's like, what are you doing? Oh, and Willie Mays Hayes has been nailing his batting gloves up every time he steals a base. Yes. And he's got a, bought a hundred of them because he's going to steal a hundred bases, which was not unheard of in the eighties, but, but is, which is which is astonishingly unheard of nowadays. You know, you just people do not steal bases. That's that's not the way baseball strategy goes anymore. I do because basically, if you you know, like if, unless you don't get caught stealing, if you if you get caught stealing like more than eighty, like if you don't succeed more than eighty percent of the time, it's a waste. It's it's bad to be a base stealer. Um. So anyway, Willie Mays Hayes like steal. He ends up stealing first. I'm stealing first. Stealing second. Good job stealing first. <laughs> he ends up stealing second. Yes. You know, so he's there, and Behringer's up. Yes. And Behringer like knows he's got a plan. He's got a plan, and we know what his plan is because we've watched him fantasize about hitting a home run to win the ball game. In his Miami Vice outfit. In his Miami Vice outfit, like, and he's made fun of because people saw him doing it. You know, he like ran the bases, mimed hitting up hitting a cult so he does he does a signal it's passed around to everybody you know like everyone knows what his plan is and he does like the babe ruth called shot and as an aside babe ruth almost certainly did not call that shot that was at wrigley field by the way mm-hmm. in 1932 and it almost oh yeah it was, I, I had the name i had the years wrong earlier it was 29 32 35 38 uh, was the actual years? Well, thank for the you Cubs. for clearing that up. No, it just bothered me because I realized all I was of us wrong. Fact checking. It was every three years, starting in 1929 okay, and going anyway, through 1938. 
Um, but anyway, he never really did that. Uh, from all accounts, for people who were actually in the crowd there, he kind of just waved his arm a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he does this called shot, and he almost gets hit by the Duke. Duke Wilson, the closer for the yeah. Yankees, who, by the way, like they talk about how he leads the league in saves and like you know and whatever, but he also leads the league in hits batsmen. That's not a good closer. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hit people when you're a closer. No. You don't want people on base because yeah. you know, like that's that's like that's like the last thing you want. Out. Yeah, shut up, Sparky. You don't. Sparky's like, I don't care. Hit them. I have thin villainous lips, just like. You don't have manager. lips. You're a dog. <laughs> look, uh, look, mine are coming up. Lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, can we actually get to the the, the thing? Please so Berenger then points again, and they're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, he's so t-. like he's he's calling a shot." Everyone's freaking out, and then so they all back up, and then they all like they're all like, "Okay, you know, whatever." And uh, the Duke throws the pitch, and Berenger immediately drops the bunt, and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" And they're running for it, and Willie Mays Hayes is running. From second, second, because he has wheels. You know, he has the wheels. He's running from second all the way to home while Baron, like, but they don't even realize that because they're like, we're going to throw Barringer out at first and in the inning because Barringer's got shitty knees and it's been established throughout the game. He's been icing them up. He's barely able to, like, like walk, you know. And Barringer beats out the throw to first. And while, and as he's, as the first baseman is like realizing it, he turns and realizes Willie Mays Hayes is heading home and almost there. He throws, Hayes beats it. The ump goes to the barrel of the camera and says, Save! And there's a big, huge celebration. Everyone runs the field. It's weird because... They run it as though it's a, it's they, a World like, Series. It's treated it's like this is the winning of the world, but all they've done is they've won their division. Which is just... I, I mean, mean they, were, they were predicted to be last place, so that's great. Yeah. But and, and so everyone's cheering, everyone's hugging. Corbin Burnson runs up to... Uh, to uh, Vaughn. To Vaughn, to, uh, to, to Sheen, and just decks him. But then he, then he smiles and picks him back up and hugs him. You know, and he uh, had to do it. Yeah, he had to do it. I mean, you know, that's that's but that's man code. And Berenger looks up to the stands and sees Renee Russo there, and she holds up her hand, and there her, and there's and no ring on her not, finger. Yeah, she didn't get you married know, on October. 3rd. Everyone's all everyone's all happy, and I guess and the movie just sort of ends. Yeah, it's kind of which weird. is weird because the Indians, like, let me tell you what's weird about this. Tell us. So the whole reason they're going to stay, mm-hmm. that she that they have to stay, is if the attendance goes up enough. To eight, at least eight hundred thousand, but that doesn't matter if they win or lose at this point. Like the regular season's over, right? You know their attendance would have been either up, but but the but the owner's still sitting there being shitty. To yeah, them. it's so strange. And eventually, the GM ends up like giving her the Bronx cheer whenever she tells him to sit down because she's upset. It's like she's happy every time they do bad, and yeah. like when the guy hits the home run to put him up, the Yankees up two nothing. She's like, "Well, that'll shut him up." Yeah, but like, so but here's the thing: it doesn't matter whether they win or lose; it's the attendance, right. and the attendance probably has already gone over eight hundred thousand. Like when and they were in the hunt, she would know by now. She would know. Yeah, she would know. At this point, it wouldn't matter. But for some reason, it, 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 it like they they lost their MacGuffin as to what the, what her plot was. It was strange. Like it, it, it doesn't make any sense. No. And also, but but also, like there's they haven't won at all, which was their goal. Like her goal is not getting that attendance. Their goal is not winning at all. Like they don't know what her plan is. She just knows. Oh, they do know her plan. They it's under eight hundred. So their their goal is to get the attendance up. Which but they, they, do. They, they do. But like, but their goal is also to win the whole fucking thing. Is as he as he put it. But we don't know if they did or not. Right. In the end of this movie, I I can't remember. I can't remember. What Major League Two is about, I know I saw it, but well, I honestly, it's in the '90s, so we won't be listening to it. Would, on no, this we podcast. will not. 
Okay, John. But so wait, 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 let me finish. Oh, sorry, so the movie ends, the credits run. And okay, I guess I'm, I guess I am done. I, I just didn't I just didn't understand her motive and I didn't understand like the movie ends at a weird point. It does. Like I, like it's not it's not the World Series. You know, and it don't and it never and it's never like the attendance issue is never resolved. John. You know, yes. Was this movie worth revisiting? I think it was actually. I mean, it's it's definitely flawed. It's definitely of its time. It like the 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 I mean, the sadly still relevant uh, anti-native, uh, you know, racism is pretty bad. You know, it's it's got some culturally inappropriate stuff with, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, uh, you know, women and, and minorities. You know, the, the stalkery stuff is definitely not cool. That's the huge sexism of the owner. You know, oh by the way, it ends up being that she's in like pasties and uh, you know, and a g-string because she was a it was a, it was a picture of her as a showgirl. Uh, and it, you know, it's it's gross, um, but it is a movie that is fairly entertaining. Mm-hmm. I still got I got I got several like laughs out of it. You know, a lot of these '80s comedies, I don't even get that. Yeah. You know, like you go back to it, it's like Revenge of the Nerds. I was angry throughout. Uh, Girls just want to have fun. I think I may have I may have chuckled at something, but that movie was painfully unfunny. You know, Cannonball Run, which we didn't actually do. Woof. You know, but this movie, there were some legit laughs, you know. And, of course, Bob Uecker's charming. Um, I don't know why you're trying to wrap me up. I'm going to talk until I'm done. <laughs> don't don't you put those hands, don't you put those hands at me. Bob Uecker's a charming man. Uh, you know, like there's some, there's, Wesley Snipes is a delight. You know, it's, it's, it's a very entertaining movie. And this is pre-insanity Charlie Sheen, who's a, you know, so he's, he's great. Um, so, Allie, was it worth watching? Allie, this is a visual medium, not. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> this is a visual medium, not. Because I said I meant to say oral, and I realized I said visual. <clears throat> Allie gave me a thumbs up sarcastically because she's so tired. She's so sleepy. I am. You know, we've, been, we've been talking for two hours. So well, I'm I've been okay. talking for two hours. You've just been sitting there. I don't oh, know why yeah. you're so tired. No, no <laughs> contribution to this podcast at all. Um, the I joke would, being that I talk I over would you. Honestly See, I talk over you. I'm sorry. I would honestly say that um, I do, I would agree with a lot of what you said, that with taking out the blatant racism, sexism, stalkerism issues that I had with this movie, it was definitely entertaining. It was fun to watch. I I enjoyed that it was a baseball movie. I I tend to really enjoy those movies. Yeah. Um, I like rooting for an underdog. That's always fun. Um, I think half of, I'd say most you, of the cast. You said you were genuinely excited when they won, even though you knew they were going to. Yes, exactly. You know? I am. And I was. And I think that like that's always a fun moment for me in a movie like that. Like I want to root for them. I want them to win. I get excited. It did feel like the Cubs winning. Like it really did. It felt like we were watching our boys again. And that was a really. You know, like, the only the only way it was different was that the Cubs were actually constructed to win. And yeah. this team was a bunch of the people who shouldn't have right. won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So like there was there were feelings of that. Like I just there was something just exciting about that. Um, I think most of the casting was great. I think some of the casting was blah. Yeah. So I have issues about that. But well, like, Renee Russo, but who else was bad in in the casting? Who who didn't you like in the cast? Um, well, Renee Russo was terrible, but yeah, Renee Russo was not good. But um, I. I, I think everyone else. Like I don't know who who I would have cast differently. I don't think that the that the one who played the wife was all that great. I oh mean, yeah, I guess so. But she had such a small that. part. I didn't even think about right, her. But she, but she was a major plot point. So if you're gonna have somebody, yeah, who's I a major guess plot point, I, I'd like I, them to yeah. actually be a good good. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess so that bothered me. I guess the I, the ironically the only good like woman role casting was the one who was treated the worst. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, 
So, so anyway. So yeah. Anyway, um, we are sort of back. Hopefully we'll we're backish. We'll backish. Hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get back on a regular schedule now that Allie doesn't have to watch a movie. I've suggested maybe maybe she'll come up with something fun. That would be nice. Um, so, but uh, you know, if you want to find us, uh, we still have a website, matchmadeinspace.com. dot com. Tell your friends, rate yeah. and review us. Yeah, uh, yeah, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, if, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, we, 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 you know, we'll show up again on your feed. Uh, you know, we, we, I don't know what awful eighties movie she's gonna uh, saddle me with next. Never know. Probably have Meg Ryan in it. Might. No, actually, it might not. Probably I can only a think. Scott Bakula. There was a Quantum Leap movie in the eighties. There are no movies in the '80s with Scott Bakula. There's a lot of Scott Bakula. Look, if they were maybe maybe he did porn. I don't know. Um, so anyway, if you want to contact us, uh, you can um, maybe I'll check the Match Made in Space at Gmail uh, account. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe I will. But uh, it's a lot easier to find us on Twitter. That is at M M I S Podcast. Um, and uh, you know you can find either of us on Twitter. Um, Allie is available at. Allie underscore Goodman, and That's she spells Allie A L I like Allie McGraw yep. or Muhammad Allie. That's right. And I and I am a bit, I am to be found at Hitler Puncher. Um, and uh, that's... I'd also like to point out just, and I know it's you know, whatever, but I know we're not talking politics here, but I would just like to point out that if you well, s- that Hitler should be punched, I agree. Hitler should be punched, and you may have seen um, at this point, you know, in the future. Uh, many shares of a picture of Captain America oh, punching Hitler. No, I have to point it out because I think it's really important um, with text written over it. And I just want to make it clear that John Walter created that picture in the style of Sam... Sal, 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 Sal Bashima. Bashima. I, I, I can never remember how to pronounce his name. So John drew that and then somebody found that picture, Googled and found that picture, didn't realize it was his, thought it was actually this dude's Sal... Buscema's, Bishima, Bishima's Bishima, pic- whatever I don't know, picture and put text, put text over it as like a political yeah thing all night you know like like America alt right yeah done like a propaganda poster. right like a propaganda yeah 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 and and it's been shared like virally on Twitter and on Facebook and I just want and probably on Instagram too who the heck knows and probably on <laughs> who Pinterest. uses Instagram I do okay. so my point is my point is that this guy. Freaking talented. And okay, that's all, I, I have to all right, say. all right, yeah. I, anyway, it, it, it's a drawing I did like five. You're a badass. Years. I look. I did the drawing like five years You're ago badass. for fun. It just shows up everywhere now, and um, it's kind of amazing. And y'all it's, should give it's, it. It's. I will say it's very weird to see my drawing just randomly being retweeted by people and and such, and like that. There's so many people's racist uncles who happen to see have to see it on Facebook. It's kind of if interesting. you do see it and you want to, you know, throw some help over to John's way, um, hence our way, you can you can retweet it, but also put his website, which is johnwalter.com. And it's oh, I, you know what? That's not going to help me right now because I don't have a commissions page. Yeah, but you will. Okay. By the time they read this. <laughs> oh, by the time well, they hear this. No, they won't. No, I won't because I'm putting it up tomorrow and I don't have time to build that page. Somebody is going to be able to do this for you. I'm just, I have feelings. Yeah, at some gonna point happen. I'm going to open up my commissions, but not. It, it probably won't be if you listen to this the day it comes out. Johnwalter.com. Okay. okay. I just okay. have to promote you well, th- because you're amazing you. and you won't promote yourself, you know, so I, I have to say it. I, it's so weird. You were complaining about how long this podcast is. You spent the last five listen, minutes like... Listen, shut up. I'm being nice to you. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I, I Thank you for being nice to I'm me. I'm very proud you know, of your talent and I think my, that you are amazing. So. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you too. And and Allie is going to be performing this May, March yes. and, and early April in, the show, in, in a show. Uh, she's got five performances of... Uh, 
because she was going to be an understudy, but uh, you know, five performances of I can't remember the name of the show now. Picnic. Picnic. Um, at the American Theater. At Company. the American Theater Company in uh, Chicago. Chicago. Uh, so hey, if you're in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, twenty seven. So if you're there in between late March, early April of twenty seventeen, look it up and uh, go see Allie perform. You can see her. I probably won't be there because I'll probably be watching our son. Shut up! You're coming to perform. Well, I'm going to come to one, but I'm not coming to all five. This is true. We have a child. We do. So yeah, you know, if you want to see Allie perform and uh, see, hear her wonderful voice without me interrupting her every two seconds, that's the way to do it. That's there. Amazing. I wasn't going to do that, but you see, you put me on the spot, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, so anyway, um, I guess we can go to the end. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, this has been a Match Made in Space signing off. Adios. Uh, John here. I uh, feel really bad uh, for interrupting your listening to the closing uh, credits music, but I completely forgot to mention that Clue Haywood, the uh, the Yankee slugger, was actually former uh, major league player and starting pitcher uh, Pete Vukovic, uh, which I it's just a weird bit of trivia that I should have mentioned, because, and I feel really bad about it, because that's the kind of stuff I, I do. So anyway, um, enjoy our closing credits music. Adios. Adios.